ding, 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 Marvel MCU versus <laughs> Joel and Tim. <laughs> it's a tag match. <laughs> talked morbius right i can't remember i i i feel like i brought oh, no, it, it was it was gonna be morbin time that was oh, the, right. the caveat of the last one god we have to talk about fucking morbius i like it's it's no, we don't have to talk it's about a not we could talk about it yeah. it was fun like it it was it wasn't fine it irritated me it felt very tired it was like here's all the superhero tropes let's get them out of the way as quickly as possible and also here is jared leto doing huh? He's barely in it. He does fucking nothing in it. Like, I don't, I don't, there's no performance. Like, why do we keep hiring this man to just be lackluster in things? The effects are good. I like him floating around. I thought it was cool that he uh, traded blows with Doctor Who. Doctor Who is fucking just dancing the whole, he's literally dancing in that part. This is the one for them. Like, he, like he, he took that paycheck. It was fine. Like, I, <laughs> no harm, no foul. I'll eventually buy the steel book as a joke. I'll probably watch it again as a joke, but like I went into it expecting nothing, and I went. I was I was joyfully expecting what it was, and it was. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I I went into it expecting it to just be like a pile of shit, and it was it was fine. And I mean, again, maybe it was because of my expectations were set so low by everybody that I was just like I kept waiting for the thing to happen right. to like yeah. piss me off and make me be like, Oh, what a pile of garbage. And and it didn't, it was fine. Having said that, I feel like it, you know, and I, I kind of realized this as you were talking about like, you know, like with the tropes and this and that, like, I feel like this movie belongs back in the era of like when the first blade movie came out. Exactly. You know? It's a so 2000... I don't know if that's what they're going for. Yeah. Like trying yeah. to have this, the, Oh, the midnight suns, like, yeah. You know, let's make it seem like it because it, it, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not part of the normal MCU, but yeah, it definitely feels like it's part of that. <laughs> it's the superhero films before they figured out real how to really make a superhero film, you know, right. which which again, like I love Blade, but like Blade doesn't stand up to like some of the stuff we're doing now. I mean, a lot of people probably like it better because it's darker and grittier and more violent. And I mean, I did, too. I thought it was great. I thought. You know, I, I can't think of a way to improve on Blade, you know. Um, I even like the sequels. I wouldn't yeah. change Blade 3 for all of the gold. <laughs> I, I would have maybe put Wesley, I would have made it so obvious, not so obvious that Wesley Snipes was getting older. And it's like, we need these <laughs> other people to carry this because he can't move as much as he could before. Like, I remember that being my thought with just like... Yeah, like that's cool. I I love Hannibal King, you know. I love um, uh, Whistler, you know, and I loved uh, <laughs> what's her face, the fucking the other the head, like the other head vampire. Um, what's her name? The uh, Parker Posey. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, like I think I hated her before this movie, but like, because I didn't really get her. Like, I just found her annoying. But then when I saw this, I was like, oh, 
that's her deal. Okay, got it. You know. <laughs> What's her appeal? Oh. <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, she's she kind of reminds me almost like of like Nicolas Cage, you know, where you can't tell if she's a bad actress or a really good actress. And she's fooling us into thinking she's a bad actress, which I feel like Nicolas Cage will do sometimes. You go back and forth. Like, is he a good actor actor who's making us think he's a bad actor? Or is he a bad actor who sometimes is so bad that he goes around the other end to good? You know, or does he get lucky? Does it, you know, like, what is it? Like, you know, so I feel, I feel like the like two of them, they're like an enigma in that way, you know? That very description, I think, is what Nick Cage has wanted people to say about him his whole life. <laughs> I think he unlocked. I think he can be free now, Tim. I think have he to released him. This. He yeah. doesn't have to fucking. He doesn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> you are seen, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> For the true enigma you are and are not currently, <laughs> and always and never before. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, like, so I, I feel like that was the appeal, I think, to, to, for Morbius was that it was this sort of like standalone, like dark superhero. Um, I mean, I thought he did an okay job. Like, I mean, it's, it, I, I feel like, yeah, sometimes Jared Leto does tend to go either over the top or like you get this sense that he thinks he's better than he actually is maybe sometimes. And I don't, again, I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the charm, you know, and why they pick him, you know, like, um, but I thought he did, I thought he did a good job of playing kind of the three sides of it, like the weak version of himself, the kind of strong version of him, but then the, the, the monster part of him. Um, And I thought it was, I thought it was really cool that they brought in a worse villain to kind of make you believe that he could be a hero, you know, whereas if it was just him, like, I wasn't sure how they were going to do that. If it was just him, it's like, yeah, he like killed people. Like, how is he not just a bad guy? But it's like, Oh, it was an accident. He doesn't want to. And then there's this other guy and he's going to try to stop the guy who's actually weren't, you know, like all of that stuff. Um, I thought it was, I, I thought that was cool. I thought, um, I, I thought that the, um, like his, you know, the, the, and I won't even call her a love interest because I feel like her role was more substantial than that. Um, mm-hmm. the, the doctor, like the, the sort of co-doctor, his partner, you know, like I thought she was great because like, it was, you definitely got the sense that there was something there, but it's like, well, of course they've been working this closely together for so long, but you didn't get this sense of like, I'm so glad they didn't do a thing where like he was in love with her, but she's like, no, you're skinny and gross. And then he becomes right, evil and right. he's like, fuck you. I'm going to become a predator. Like, I was so glad they didn't do that. Like, like I was so glad that she was like, you know, an equal of his, like, not like, Oh, you're my lady assistant, you know? And the fact when, yeah, when Dr. Who comes around and she's just like holding her ground against him, like someone with actual powers, who's like, you know, she's afraid of, she was like, just, you know, right there being like, no, I don't know where he is, you know? And like, I just, I thought that was, that was great. And it was, it was like subtle too, that like, I, you know, had I not thought about it, I wouldn't have noticed what a better female character she was than in so many other films where I feel like, okay, we get the guy, we got to have the girl, then we got to have the bad guy, you know? And it's like, like she could have been done in, done dirty in so many ways, but I feel like I couldn't think of a way they could have done her character better, you know, Um, especially the end being like, yep, I bit you. Now you're a vampire too. I was like, fucking great. Like, that's what I was hoping for. Like, that's, that's what I, you know, that's, I feel like 
that's what you want in the you know you got to have the the, the the lady dracula you know the mrs frankenstein like <laughs> kind of thing you know like but like i love that they didn't really bring her into the fold you know it wasn't like oh the two of them are going to fight him together like that was still his fight and you just get that little surprise at the end oh she's still alive and guess what she drank his blood you know like um so like i th- there was a lot of it i really liked i did not like however like trying to awkwardly tie it into the whole like Superman, I mean, Spider-Man thing with the like, Oh, like, uh, Oh, Vulture appeared in here for some reason. Like what? Like that, that almost ruined the, the did you get movie. a little, little amazing Spider-Man two post-credit vibes from that half baked. Oh yeah. Post-credits. Right. It didn't occur to feel, me. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Feel a little like, uh, we, we got it microwave it in the basement. We got our citizen sticks all ready to go. <laughs> but but yeah and it was it oh, oh that was well yeah so number one the just the fact that he was like in it and how like he shows up in the jail cell which is like what that's that's not what happened mm-hmm. you know that's the opposite of what happened in um no way home you know number one number two like again this is something oh i, I feel like i think you remember you telling me it's they explain it online which like yeah no bullshit like you, you can't just sort of after the fact like oh by the way this is why this stupid thing we did it makes total sense but then like yeah the the part where the two of them meet and he's like i'm putting a team together with like which was confusing because it's like well is morbius trying to be a hero or a villain and it, is he putting together a sinister six or is he putting is this like a thunderbolts thing where you have like right. villains that are going to go be heroes like 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 this didn't have the mic drop you thought because it's like i don't know what the what the hell you're doing with these two people like you know like morbius and vulture i don't think they're together in comics you know it's not like as if i mean when they did the sinister six like i feel like yeah you they've swapped out individuals every now and then where it's not Mm -hmm. the exact same six every time but there were usually some of the core members like dr octopus electro sandman like like spider-man's like bigger heavy hitter you know, I feel I feel like Vulture's in it sometimes. So Vulture made a little bit of sense, but like I don't think Morbius has ever been part of the Sinister Six. Like, what what are you doing? Like, what is this? Um, so I thought that was re- just weird. And like, yeah, like like you you had it, you had this thing. It was almost like the whole like Cloverfield thing, where it's like let's find a way to work the word Cloverfield into this movie to show <laughs> that they're connected. You know, like the money is contracted to the Cloverfield universe. As right. Netflix, we have to work it into the title. Otherwise, that money can't be used for shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, now you got me thinking, like, it would be really bold for a studio of of the two left, right? The two, like, for a studio to say, okay, you know what we're going to do? Like, if Morbius came out in the era of X-Men... It would be the best one of all of those because mm-hmm. of the effect. Like, it would have been fine. Like, but it's almost like a studio should go out and say, hey, we're going to make the genre of superhero movies from this era. And we're just, they're going to be weird. We're just going to do them and they're going to be weird and they're yeah. going to be shot in this style. And that's just their MO. Like, prepare, guys. They're going to be weird. Instead of just like, hey, this, we kind of, this was an idea or like looks like, back then here like like i i I don't know it it, i'm wondering if they built a movie like that to kind of have a nostalgic feeling it's like oh we'll get the blade fans back we'll get the x-men of this era we'll get like maybe maybe that's the draw that they're looking for instead of like 
I don't know. Like, if you're going to say, hey, or if you're trying to pull a nostalgia thing, just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. It's tra- like, because I think a lot of the Sony stuff kind of like dresses up to kind of play MCU a bit, you know, like, oh, we're, we're on the same level or like, like the Venom stuff. And it seems like it feels like it has to tie in, even though it's very tenuous and it gets more and more awkward as it's going along. I'm going to do the intro here real quick before we forget. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Motor Mouth Podcast, the podcast where a lot of great ideas go absolutely nowhere. My name is Joel Tyree, and with me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, the ghost of Tim Gerard. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) We are doing Jim and Tim. Jim and Tim. Joel and Tim. <laughs> Who the, Jim has come up a couple times in several Jim podcasts. And <laughs> Jim, Jim and Toll. Jim and Toll. What the fuck? I, I'm so glad I inter, interrupted the flow of a conversation to fuck to up the intro. <laughs> Not just the intro, your name. <laughs> Tim and Joel versus... No, we kill the MCU. We're We're putting it to bed for a while. I'm... Wanting to talk to my friend about other things that don't go anywhere and have nothing to do with each other and surprise him instead of just talking about Disney's movie machine <laughs> for <laughs> hours on end. I miss my friend, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, continuing our Morbius discussion. <laughs> like, uh, in the era, I think it would it's it's a great example of that kind of film done kind of the best way possible. And it, But it wasn't packaged as that. It would, like, I feel like if, if they had said, hey... This is kind of in that style. If they had done like a, a trailer in that style, hmm. but with Leto, I don't think we would have taken it. I don't know. Like I haven't liked it from the second that they cast Leto either. So there's a lot of bad that too. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, yeah, I think going into it, like I knew, okay, this is a Sony movie. This isn't a Marvel movie, you know. And I just like you know, especially you know after after the Venom movies, which I don't know, and it's like I. I, I know that not all movies are for me. I just, I'm curious as to who those movies are for, <laughs> you know, because like, I'm, I'm a fan of Venom and granted to be fair, I'm, I'm behind on a lot of comics. So maybe what they did with Venom is exactly what's gone on in the comics, but I, I doubt it, you know? And, and, and I mean, like, you know, I understand that if you want to have a Venom movie, you've got to change the origin because, you know, Secret Wars aren't coming now till whenever. So, you know, you've got to find a way to be like, how do we just start a Venom movie now, especially when it doesn't start with Spider-Man, which I guess was my biggest complaint. Like part of what makes Venom so interesting, and I think I've said this before, is that he's like this dark mirror version of Spider-Man. So, like, when you don't have that, you know, and especially the way he looks, like, like he looks like this scary, distorted version of Spider-Man's, you know, the black costume, Spider-Man black costume was like a dark version of his red and blue costume. And then Venom is like a scary, distorted version of the black costume. So to just jump into that look, like, there's no reason, like, why does he have a spider on his chest? He's an alien, you know? I mean, or maybe they left the spider out for the Venom movies. Maybe he's just black with the eyes and, and that's it. Also, I thought it was weird that, like, I think the alien's name is just Venom. So they just kind of, like, jump into a bunch of stuff. And I don't know. It's like, it's like, I don't know. Like, I can't. <laughs> it's it's like asking me to care about a Joker movie without Batman in it. You know, it's like, oh, just here's the Joker. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe, 
maybe we're trying what to kind of world to... would that be can you imagine maybe we, we're, yeah we're trying to move to a place where we idolize the villains just as villains and and sure like yeah the point of it is like that that anti-hero aspect of of venom but to me part of what makes that so cool is that he starts off as this kind of you know as this symbiote like trying to bond with spider-man gets rejected is hurt you know, re- reacts to that in the worst way possible. You know, I mean, he didn't create Facebook, but, you know, it was on on par to his reaction to being spurned by someone who he wanted to connect with. Um, now I'm connecting the movie universes, so I'm seeing Eisenberg and fucking Andrew Garfield in Social <laughs> Network who are in Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> They're just jumping through the movies. But, like, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know, like, and I don't know. I, and I guess maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe that those movies were for people who came into Venom late in the game and just knew Venom as Venom and knew Venom as the anti-hero, like before, he, like after he was already the villain and were just like, yeah, that's all I care about. I don't care about his origin. You know, I, I feel like that's part of it too. It's, it's, it's sometimes the symptom of like the, you know, the DC aspect of it. It's like, we're, Oh, fuck Marvel. Fuck what they're doing. I'm going to do something different. You know, like, why do they need to give everyone an origin movie before we throw them all together in one big film? Like, let's just throw them all together in one big film. It's like, oh, what a surprise. It's a hot mess. You know, and, and <laughs> you know, I feel like people, like, that's one of the biggest complaints I've heard from people, like, with reboots is like, I don't need the other origin story. And I, I agree with Spider-Man. I feel like by now, everybody knows Spider-Man's origin story. So, yeah, we don't necessarily need it again. But, like, for Venom, like, I feel like, you know, he's got this very interesting origin story that hasn't been told on film yet. So why, why are you skipping that origin story? You know, anyway, I, I, I did enjoy watching Tom Hardy. You know, I think I've said that before. Like I watched, I like watching Tom Hardy play the dual roles. And I think we talked last time about how the whole like relationship between the two of them and the you know abusive nature of it was, was interesting. It was an interesting play with, you know, um, you know, like an avenue to explore. Cause I feel like, yeah, in the comics, I don't think, we normally get like the, the symbiote I don't think has like a voice. Like we'll, you'll get Eddie Brock responding to something the symbiote said in his head, but we don't really ever hear the symbiote and have it get dialogue. So that I think was really cool. Um, That's you know, a later like, comics thing. Like I, it, it's okay. more common for him to have a voice now. I think, I think it's just like on the taste side, you're you're more Morbius than Venom <laughs> than I am, I think, which I well, think is really interesting. Like I, yeah, that that's obviously a loaded. I'm not saying that. Like no, I mean, the movies right. wise, I I think it's interesting. Like I I came away from the the uh, Venom movies, I was just like, eh, it's a good romp. Like there's nothing offensive about this in terms of like just watchable, entertaining. Like I I like. I like Venom's. I, I the way you talk about Venom's origin story makes me like it more than I, I would ever think about it. Because that is that's the arc is that he was rejected and has this like this redemption and kind of fun, like. And I I really like the later iterations of Venom because he's kind of learned and stuff. But like this guy is just thrown in and it's a diff- way wildly different characterization than the comics at all. You know, like it, it's yeah, it's it was an interesting need to take you know and it's interesting that sony is still just like we get they got to make money right like they're trying to make some get part of this pie before they're bled of all of the the rights anymore i guess but and that's not where you should make a movie from right like if you were 
like I, I would kind of enjoy if they did a whole like Midnight Suns thing where they put together all of these kind of like dark, like you know, throw Ghost Rider in there. Oh yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. Like I, I feel like I would in, enjoy that as a as a as a group thing. But like, yeah, I, it actually just occurred to me like maybe they figured like, well, we kind of got a Venom origin in Spider Man Three, which I feel like was the best part of Spider Man Three. You know, the whole, you know, when it when it turns from being ridiculous to becoming a horror film, you right. know, like when he's ripping the thing and it's dripping on Topher Grace and it's like lifting him up and crawling into his mouth like that. That was fucking brilliant. Like that could, that couldn't have gone any better, in my opinion, you know, um, you know, and him kind of like, you know, trying to throw it up on the ground and then like it covers his face, you know, like I thought that was great, you know, and that that's part of it, too, is I feel like Venom was one of the first villains that I can remember that was that was really like scary you know Mm -hmm. like i feel like all the other villains spider-man's you know that's why he's like throwing jokes at them because it's like it's whatever he's not concerned you know and they're kind of silly like it's an old man a mold bald man in a bird costume or like yeah you know yeah and this was the you know i mean it's todd mcfarlane you know like like this is fucking this is horror this is scary this is like you know like the way like i think that his first appearance in the comics i think he shows up at home to mj when peter's gone you know, like that's, I think, one of the first ways he reveals himself, you know. So, so like that being part of it too, like what made Venom so scary was knowing that he's Peter Parker and that he, you know, Peter's biggest fear that people are going to know who he is and he's going to use that against them. He's going to threaten the people close to him, you know, and that I feel like that's been done in a bunch of other, other, you know, series and you know, movies and stuff very well, you know. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, and they also kind of did it with, with Harry Osborn, you know, like his yeah. green goblin too, you know, going after MJ as a way to get to Peter, you know, and it's, and, and that's terrifying, you know, like, it, you know, whereas, you know, you, yeah, you don't, you don't get any of that. You just get, okay, like, here's this monster and he like, likes to eat people. Like, I feel like that, that also part of it too, where, you know what I mean? I feel like, the, you know, like the, the whole thing with, oh, the M&Ms, that'll, that'll keep down the hunger that I need by eating people's <laughs> brains. It was just like, wow, like you just really like, like, again, like that whole eating brains, I don't think that was ever part of the Venom mythology. Like, you know, uh, I think that came in a little bit in the video game that they did where it was like, you know, where in the ultimate universe, I think Venom came about as like, it was supposed to be this cure for cancer. Like it was supposed to be like a suit that you wear and it kind of was supposed to fight the cancer, I think, while it was keeping you healthy. Mm-hmm. But then it it somehow mutated and it was like, oh, I need to like eat things from people and suck up, so, you know, devour people's life energy. Like, but again, that was kind of this kind of planned out thing. And it was, you know, done throughout the comics, not just like, oh, yeah, he's an alien, needs to eat brains, you know, like, just just go with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we've we've talked about Venom enough. I mean, if you have more, to think, I just I, I'll, I'll just keep going. I, and I think that's my thing is like I just uh, th- there are a few things that are, and you know, and I I know that this is like the, the 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 fanboy thing. It's like this thing is kind of close and near and dear to my heart, and I know it very well. So it's not that I don't want things to be changed, but it's just like when you make changes, that it's like, why did you do that? Like, did, do you think that makes it better? Like you know, to, to take away all of this interpersonal relationship stuff between Peter and the symbiote and Eddie Brock and Mary and just be like, no, I just, he needs to eat brains. That's, that's our thing. That's our venom eats brains, you know? And it's like, <laughs> okay, I guess like, you know, it's a very, just, uh, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> be better. Be best. 
Yeah, be best. Yeah. It must be how like, George Romero felt when they did Return of the Living Dead, where it was like brain, like literally. Oh, the, same they brain. go start to say brains. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no, that's fair. That's that's fair. It is kind of a <laughs> gross reduction of a pretty emotionally developed character. Right, yeah, like <laughs> to I, just I... put Tom Hardy in a tank with lobsters. <laughs> Look, <laughs> my credit to the man. You know, <laughs> he'll he'll bite the lobster. <laughs> like he'll he'll sit in the tank of water and take that shot for his art. <laughs> like I'm glad it exists. Is it the best version of the Venom story? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> You sold me on Tom Hardy bites the heads off crustaceans. <laughs> well, and and here's the thing too. Like I, I think you've been also, trying to stop this discussion for 15 minutes. I'm sorry. No, no. Also, I feel like it 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 is a waste because like you could have used. I'm, I would have loved to 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 keep this under wraps and actually see Tom Hardy and and Tom, Tom Holland. Hardy. Yeah, Holland. Yeah. Holland, and, there's too many yeah. Toms. There's too many Chris's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to see like the two, cause that, that's the other thing too. The, my one complaint about the spite, well, not one, but one of my complaints <laughs> about the Spider-Man three venom was, I feel like they were trying to go with someone who was very similar to Peter, yeah. you know, this kind of parallel as opposed to like how fucking giant Eddie Brock is in the comics. And I feel like Tom Hardy and Tom Holland, like that would have been perfect to oh, see. Yeah that relationship developed like in the comics between the two of them, you know, and to see, I think they'd have good chemistry too. Like, I think they'd act all over it together. Like, yeah, yeah. no. And that's the, yeah, it's puny, puny human a little bit, puny spider with, with uh, the third one. Yeah. So just, just in terms of the size differential and like, it really irritates me that like, like you said, you could have done, that could have been part of the arc for that Spider-Man. And like, I, I hope at some point we get it, but it's not going to be with Tom Holland if they go back again. I don't like. I mean, I yeah, guess they open the door for that with the whole this guy, and you know, like, yeah, maybe you know, they're. Yeah. I mean, but but again, like, even if they just throw Tom Hardy and Tom Holland together in the same movie, like as they are now, like it's not that same relationship. Like, right. you know, I mean, maybe they'll jump in and just be like, you know, punch a bit, and then we're mates. You know, where it's like, <laughs> no, Venom, you must not eat brains, and you know, we'll get that kind of interaction, which 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 will be fun. Like I will, I would enjoy to see that. Um, Wouldn't it be cool to like see, like Toby, Tom Hardy. That would be cool too. I'd yeah. watch that, and it would be like okay, that it's Venom, but not Venom. You kind of do the Wanda Vision thing with, right. uh, but like it, it seemed to be like that guy. The way they explain it away, uh, kind of online about like how does Venom know that guy with no mm-hmm. like that version of Venom from that universe. Venom is like a trans dimension. It's all yeah. too much work. Anyway, it would be fucking cool. Like, but that would be miserable. Toby's so old now. Like, <laughs> poor back. <laughs> I just want to watch Tom Hardy on. I mean, with Garfield, can you imagine that match to that that level of quippiness with Hardy's physicality? Would that not be? Oh, here we go. Here we go. No, finish your, thought. finish your thought. No, just I think I think that combo would be great. The quippiness of Andrew Garfield's Amazing Spider-Man with just the brute strength uh, and effects of Tom Hardy's Venom. Go, go. Yeah. And then add to that, 
some dark universe version of Andrew Garfield as Carnage. Oh. Because, like, that was, I think that was one of the things I mentioned before. My complaint about Let There Be Carnage is that in the comics, the way I described it, Venom is a brick, Carnage is a knife. Mm -hmm. And they made Carnage into a brick also. Ah, yeah. Where, like, the idea of, like, like, in the comics, Carnage also always has a body type similar to Spider-Man, the kind of, like, long sinewy kind of you know but then he's got all these tendrils and like everything on him you know he turns his fingers into blades like freddy krueger you know he's not this muscular hulk like venom is you know but yet he's scarier than venom you know Mm -hmm. so so to have like this dark version where you know like you know um andrew garfield spider-man doesn't have that redemption with catching mj yeah you know, and he so just he gets into the not pulling his punches, guy. and then okay, yeah. oh, and then maybe Car- he kills Carnage's host, and then Carnage joins him as Spider Man, and then yeah. see it's our it's there. Okay, yeah. so ends our discussion of Morbius on to MCU <laughs> Phase Four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's so much more there. Okay, so they have uh, to be non There are, but like, if we're gonna, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, so okay, so where do we go next? What's the next? Um, uh, I mean, Morbius was a recent watch for me, but if we jump back, what's so chronologically? What's next? What was so we we did we talked about Endgame? Did we talk about we we talked about um, Far From Home? Yes. So what's what's the first film of Phase Four officially? It is. So this we're getting into uh see we're catching up that's the thing we're we're now post pandemic in quotes this is 2021 no this is in the height of the pandemic we're, yeah we're also <laughs> in the realm of like the series so like right yeah yeah so so the, where it's like we've got be... oh we've got WandaVision we've got um Falcon and Winter Soldier we've got uh um what was the other one uh, uh Loki yeah, and then Hawkeye, and then yeah, so all that. Oh, and we've got you know the oh, so uh, wasn't the first? I think the first film was Black Widow, right? Yeah, so we got Black. Yeah. I can read it off here. We've got <laughs> Black Widow, Shang Chi, mm-hmm. Eternals. Oh God, <laughs> No Way Home. Oh, I guess these are just the films that I've got here: mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness, Love and Thunder, and then Wakanda Forever is next. Let me okay. let me get a, a proper full fucking thing. Come on, Internet. This is what you're for. It's telling me what the fuck the Marvel forms are supposed to be. I mean, I feel like a lot of, well, at least I think like the first three, like WandaVision, Loki, and um, Falcon and Winter Winter Soldier. Soldier, Those were all kind of probably like parallel to each other. Plus Black Widow took place kind of more in the past anyway. So it's kind of like, I feel like those, those probably can all be talked about in any order. Um, the only difference being, I think, well, at least in terms of like watching them, you would probably want to watch Hawkeye after Black Widow because that that does right. carry over. Um, and what if lands better <clears throat> oh, yeah. after WandaVision and Loki and comes is better before Doctor Strange? Right. This is not my job. I, there is a watch order. We're yeah. not going to talk about it in that order. Black Widow. I took a long time to watch this movie, and I, I think it's one of the best in the series. Like, I really enjoy it. I think Florence yeah. is incredible as an addition. She has depth and dimension. She's not just another silent Russian killer. She, she mm-hmm. has personality, and you 
I don't know. Yeah, no, I think I think I really I really liked it. I mean, I I think I just waited for it to come to Disney Plus, and um, yeah, maybe I was in school and I had to wait to finish the semester. But yeah, I remember watching it and being like, oh, like everything, a bunch of people hated it. Like, who is it? Fucking, I think Stephen Dorff was like tearing it up based on the trailer. Like, oh, it looks like a fucking video game, and it's like, okay, like that's cool. You played, you know, Deacon Frost, you know, and to bring back around to Blade, but it's like you're not an authority on you know, comic book movies and whatever. So like, right. don't, you know, so it's like, I mean, but yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought like a lot of things like, yeah, there obviously are great visual special effects going on. I thought it was neat. And this was, this was kind of one of those things where, you know, I kind of had my fan theory going and it wasn't what I thought, but I was. Oh, Taskmaster was Echo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I thought what they did was like worse and creepier. So like, I was like, okay, well done. Like, you know, you, you fucked me up, you know, like, but like, I thought, yeah, I thought what they did with Taskmaster was great. Like, as opposed to it being this kind of, I feel like task in the comics, Taskmaster has almost like become more fun in a way. Like, I feel like he's not as much of a villain as maybe he was before. And, you know, kind of just, you know, whereas with this, it was definitely like, you know, yeah, like like borderline horror, you know, like especially seeing like that the that you know she's being controlled and all this stuff, and um, I thought it was great. I you know how she was mimicking all of the other poses of the other heroes, and you know that was that was really cool. And seeing like the the heads up display, which is like, well, is that the mask or is that like her internal programming we're seeing? Um, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought it was great to to dip into Natasha's past, um, but not by doing a movie that was 100% set in the past, you know, we're seeing like the repercussions of that with little, little glimpses of these flashbacks of more like, you know, more just like trauma flashbacks than like, let's go back in time and explain this. Like, I thought that was really cool. Um, It didn't seem super hobbled by like her death either. That was the thing I was worried about. I was like, why (laughs) am I going to care since she's dead in the movie continuity? Right. Like, so it it was really like, I, I I was worried like is this too late? What but like it, it I was thinking of rewatchability wise. Mm. This one you could jump in on. I think I, I think yeah. this this is a good starting point for like well, I haven't I don't know if I like any of these. This I I don't know that you need to see anything like you. It helps too, but I think you could come into that one pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm I'm interested to go back and watch it chronologically, like watch it before. Because it it's between yeah where does it fall is it after between Infinity War and Endgame is it in that like five year period because I feel like throughout it her blonde hair is growing out right she had the blonde hair in Infinity War is it post Civil War I mean technically but but like is it Civil War and post uh, is it post uh, uh, Ultron or oh wait no no because yeah doesn't doesn't she die. Maybe that's it. Maybe she dies. Does she dye her hair at the end of it when she gets on? That's right. She's about to go into hiding with. Uh, all right. Yeah. Right. I remember her having the blonde, the the red hair. But yeah, it's not. It's blonde. That's right. So it's it's in between Civil War and Infinity War. Right. Because because at the right because is that was like at the end. That's where she shows up with the blonde hair and she the guy gives her the jet and she's got the vest that she got from Yelena. And she's right. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go on the run. And that's, I'm assuming, yeah, when she's going to go meet up with Steve and they're going to do their. Right. Their... Yeah. Cause she, yeah, cause at the end of that movie, it's like she, she, uh, she's at the tribunal 
thing about like yeah mm-hmm. right god there's so much of this continuity <laughs> the weight of continuity that we now bear yeah <laughs> but yeah i thought it was great i also thought it was a good way of like i mean i feel like this is maybe a lot of what's happening in phase four and why i think a lot of people aren't as pleased with it where it's like a changing of the guard kind of thing like uh-huh. we're introducing yeah. all of these new characters who are going to take over for the old version. So like, this is our chance to be introduced, you know, to kind of like, you know, in addition to it being kind of like her moment to shine, it's also like, Oh, here's my sister who is going to be the new black widow, you know, who, you know, so we've got to enter, you know, kind of like, like with Hawkeye and like with, you know, uh, Falcon winter soldier, it's like, okay, this is, you know, we've got to bring into play these new characters who are, taking over from everyone that we kind of spent the first four phases, uh, three phases getting to know and love. And now it's like, okay, here's how we transition into these new characters. Um, you know, again, like, I don't, I don't hate that. I'm not mad about it. You know, it's like, I think it's, it's, it's transitionary. And I don't, I I didn't expect that after end game, the next thing was going to be another climax bigger than end game. Like, like, I feel like anyone who does like, it's, it's your fault. If you, don't enjoy these films. Like, you know, that's not how this works, you know? So like, you know, I think it's a, it's a great way to deal with, like, we've got a new status quo, but it's kind of, it's all over the place, you know? Um, And I, that's one of the things that I do like about it is that the universe is so big, but I feel like they're not really just ignoring parts of it. You know, it's like, we, in Endgame, we threw in like every possible superhero we had at the time. And even though it might take a while, like, I feel like we're still going to touch base with all of them, you know, that's true. You know, some of some of them are going to be, you know, are going to be that next event, next generation of Avengers. Some of them are going to be Thunderbolts. Some of them, you know, like maybe they'll be Thunderbolts and then they'll become Avengers, you know, like that's, and maybe like, Oh, I just thought of this now. Cause like, you know, and this is, I've seen this on social media. This isn't my thought this, you know, but like how basically we're getting replacements for all the original Avengers. And at first I was thinking like, Oh, that's going to be our next Avengers movie. But I was like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool instead if our next Avengers movie was a bunch of random people coming together, you know, like, like, you know, like we, I think we've talked about them, but like, Oh, we have daredevil now we have this. And then maybe, that team will either disband or become something else. And then, you know, our, our third team of Avengers will be like Yelena Belova, you know, the Falcon, right. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Riri is Ironheart. Um, what the fuck, you know, she Hulk, you know, so, you know, we'll, we'll actually have and the, oh, the, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye, you know, right. like where it's like, Oh, look, it's the original team, but the new version, as opposed to a completely different team of like, you know, you know, like, okay, yeah, like throw, throw Captain Marvel in there and Miss, Ms. Marvel and, and, you know, Spider-Man, you know, as a, you know, that team of Avengers, this kind of like ragtag group, we're back to that again, where it's like, oh, we don't know how to fight together. We're all new with each other, as opposed to then seeing that next generation of the originals, you know, but, but anyway, like, I mean, and I think it's great too, that we, we know, obviously there's new Avengers movies on the horizon years from now, but yeah, we don't know what team they're planning on putting together. And I, I love that there are so many different superheroes out there and it can go any way. We can get young Avengers. We, you know, we're, we're going to have a Thunderbolts, you know, and yeah. maybe some of those Thunderbolts will eventually become, you know, Avengers, you know, and 
because I think I, I'm I'm not sure if they've said who the team for Thunderbolts is. I mean, I've seen like fan artwork where it is like right. Lena Belova and U.S. Agent and all that, you know, um, which kind of bothers me. It bothers me that they're putting Yelena in with U.S. Agent because U.S. Agent, like he's he's kind of a fucking menace, like he's a villain, right. you know. Right. So uh, yes, having a dark team of villains that you're going to send out to do missions, but like I feel like with Yelena Belova, like she's she's kind of on the right side. Like, I feel like, you know, like even, you know, I, I don't see her as being a villain in the same way that he is, you know, I mean, I see her being manipulated by what's her face and maybe that's part of it. And maybe that's part of the thing too, is there's going to be that mission they have to go on where half of them are like, no, I'm not doing this. The other half are like, yeah, yeah, let's go do all this bad thing that we're supposed to do. Cause this lady told us, and it's an excuse to kill people. And maybe that'll what's that's what'll bring them the others over to the Avengers side or something. I don't know, but but again, yeah, like it's it's nice to speculate. It's nice to know that you've got all this stuff going on and all these people. And you know, I you know, I like not knowing exactly where it's going, but no, but but seeing the pieces coming together and seeing the potential of how the pieces could come together. And I think another strength of that movie is like with Elena it's not a carbon copy. Yeah. You know, I think that's the other thing is that I was worried about like, okay, are they just going to try and Indiana Jones me with a, a, a black widow cast choice? And it really is. It. It's such a different character that characterization and their relationship is great. How they interact is also good. So it was like, okay, we're not just going to churn out more of the same. Mm-hmm. If we're revisiting these characters, it's not because they're insignificant. Or because they have brand recognition, like this is the opposite of that the the Morbius Venom conversation. Like it's it's like okay, if Black Widow, and I feel like Black Widow was kind of done dirty for most of the MCU till. I mean, ScarJo had to fight so hard to get fucking money mm-hmm. because of the streaming thing and all of that. Like that, like that's how, and she had fought so hard to get that standalone movie, and then have to fight on the on top of it. So it was just like sorry, just like. It was it was cool to see that it was put together, not just kind of like a okay, we killed her, but let's put somebody in to replace real quick. It mm-hmm. was I I love that character. And I my immediate thought with the Thunderbolts thing is like we might find out in the first five minutes she's in there to infiltrate shit. She's like, This is <laughs> this is not okay. Like because my the my thought is like she's so smart and she has no ties anywhere she she could move independently so i don't know that she would go under another organization's fold without being like i'm here to fuck shit up that's right. that's what I, it's just like she's the mole <laughs> i watched the hell out of that you know so yeah so i mean in turn like i haven't rewatched it but it, it's pretty up there on the scale what are you thinking scale one to ten rewatchability <clears throat> for black widow yeah probably about about a nine yeah i mean i think I mean, it's not, it's not my favorite, but it definitely was enjoyable. And it's definitely, I mean, in, in some ways it'd be easier to rewatch than some of the others. Like, you know, it's like, if you're like, I want to watch an Iron Man movie, like, well, do I start with one? Do I have right. to watch the whole trilogy? You know, like, whereas this was just like, yeah, it is kind of like a standalone kind of thing. Um, it's I think funny that it has the baggage of this character has died in the, 
universe, right. but it's kind of unfettered with other baggage from the series. Like it, it yeah. that's the worst thing about it is like, oh, we know she dies at the end. It's like Rogue One, <laughs> you know, like the least pressure is on it so it can stand alone. <laughs> I, I saw a thing on social media where someone talked about Andor and someone was like, how can you write a prequel for a character knowing that they're going to die? And he's like, we're all living in a prequel because we're all going to die. <laughs> like, like that's what life is. Life I is saw that. That was the coldest shit ever. I love that response. It's, yeah. It's like, so it's like, shut the fuck up. Don't ask me questions like that. <laughs> but no, it's true. It's like, wait, you know, it's wait, like, Tim, Tim, it's all the cold open. I won. Life <laughs> is just one long cold open. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> We can stop. <laughs> we just found the name of God, that pie number. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My computer's going to start smoking. <laughs> 42. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. What if, what if that's the true name of God? Is It's a combination of different little um, eureka moments from sort of like all of pulp of, of, of pop culture and like you know so it's it's 42 <laughs> but that's one piece of it but it's also the 260 but it's also you know the cold open it's also the prequel it's you know, also it's the pre- number 23 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is flying under the radar because it's so obvious <laughs> seven's in there too <laughs> And the 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 was it like the six number code from from Lost that they had to punch in like mm-hmm. that's part of it too like it's 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 hidden in pieces throughout all of all of culture and all of mythology and religion it has to be pieced together. Isn't that the plot of uh, Ready Player One? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, is the secret and national treasure, <laughs> <laughs> the secret to happiness and fame, <laughs> transcendence is. To, to, devouring pop culture oh if only <laughs> if that if that had been the work tim if that had only been the work i'm still not convinced that that's not it <laughs> <laughs> i'll be damned if i'm not trying every day <laughs> i mean if if religions have taught us that anything it's it's you know well here's here's a bunch of stories and you're supposed to like pull out all these pieces and piece them together. And, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons I liked Unbreakable so much. It was basically like that, that thought that I had been having that I couldn't quite like put into words that it's just like, like, yeah, what really separates religious texts from comic books, you know, is just time, you know? See, and that like, I think we might be the first, I don't know, this, this movement of art and literature and culture, I think we might be the first people to be aware of like, um, Oh, I totally lost it. It's like fucking pie. It was right there. <laughs> Go get the drill. <laughs> say, say what you were saying again. I'm so sorry. I needed to, I need so to I interrupt the, you again to have the thoughts. No, no. The, so the, I was saying like the difference between like religious texts and comic books, you know, is like, here are these stories about these supernatural beings and you can either choose to believe in them, or I mean, this is what I said: you either believe in them, or it's the metaphor, and that's just sort of that's the the you know comic books and all that, and you know other right. uh, fairy tales was this the next extension of that. Oh, okay. I, the, the awareness of okay, these are probably stories that turned into myth. That I, I I mean, I probably on some level most cultures have that awareness. There are people living today that don't have that awareness about religion. Right. So like, but like, 
I think we're making art about it, about that thing, about like we are wanting so badly for time to go so quick. So this shit can be the religious inspiration. So like (laughs) our myths are so cool because we think they're cool because that's it's literally like storytelling has such such intrinsic value and power. And we want that in like just I feel like a lot of our art is kind of geared at that that thing right like myth making and and making a myth that will continue that far ahead then there's the dark side of that where people start being racist and killing people because of that art you know right yeah (laughs) so yeah were you there for the fall of yang you know yeah i mean maybe it's already happening now like you like spider-man i like superman fuck you i'm gonna kill you Oh man, that's what uh, released the Snyder Cut. It was always about. <laughs> 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 These are the lines drawn in sand. Oh god, that would be some like Planet of the Apes shit. That's how we're gonna go out. Is fucking <laughs> the, the Snyder Cut is like different different fact. How there are different factions of Christianity. There's like Roman Catholics and Baptists <laughs> no. and all of them. It's like they're still under the same banner of DC, but it's people within DC who hate each other for different. So it'll be the Whedon Knights versus yep. the Snyders. Yep, like, that's exactly it. <laughs> In a fucking desert somewhere. <laughs> oh god. I mean, maybe Marvel has that too with, you know, like Venom and Morbius versus Spider-Man and Captain America, you know. Maybe maybe, maybe these things thing. should be simpler and stronger rather than so convoluted. <laughs> <laughs> if it's just going to be dudes waving daggers at each other across a wasted land in the name of the bat dick issue of... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Batman, like... Okay, that was Black Widow. I'm going to give it an eight. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe we don't need anything other than Marvel to get as fucking loopy as fucking possible. So I guess, like, in terms of what, like, I think I watched WandaVision, Falcon, and the Winter Soldier, and Loki kind of all at once. And then Shang-Chi after that. So kind of like, let's... WandaVision was incredible. I I loved that show. I thought it yeah, was really so cool. different. So yeah, and I, like I wasn't even like I feel like a lot of criticism of these shows is like oh they kind of all end with a big shiny laser and people flying at each other. Like everything ends that way. It's fine. It's fine. I wasn't that mad at it, and I just like it did so much before that. I felt like they had kind of earned like if if you just do a flyy shooty ending, that's fine. Like. I don't know. Like I, I was so happy at the end of that show because it was so weird and what yeah. it had opened up. And this is kind of, again why I was mostly disappointed with Doctor Strange because of anticipation coming off of this for Wanda. Hmm. I felt like they finally gave Wanda something to do, and I thought it was really cool. I thought it was, yeah, yeah. I, I loved like getting to get into her her psyche a little bit and see that. Some of it, you know, because I feel like in the in the comics, like we know that she kind of loses it. But I think in the comics, I didn't realize that it was like because of at whatever point she has those like the two kids that then weren't real and disappear. Like, like, I think I came into it more with House of M, where she was already like on the verge of losing it 
Gotcha. Because of that, but I didn't know that story leading into it. And then that's what kind of caused her to create the House of M and, you know, and then at the end of it, the No More Mutants and like killing Hawkeye and stuff like that. So like, I think, yeah, I, I think that like, or does she bring Hawkeye back? I think she brings Hawkeye back at the end of it or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so to kind of delve into that, that it's not, it's not like her being super powerful and the power is what corrupts her and dry, you know, because she becomes power hungry. It's, it's the grief of dealing with vision and trying to soothe that with children, which she then loses them, which just adds more grief, you know? So, so that part of it is just kind of like, okay, like I get it. That's a well, it's a much better story than just the whole like, oh, power corrupts kind of thing, you know. And I had and, almost forgotten that like it, it's kind, it's a variation on a, a famous Vision comic miniseries <laughs> that's fucking like he builds himself a suburban family in a, in in a a kind of house like that and does the same kind of simulated thing. Like it was such a cool, weird concept. Like they they took panels from that very. Like I think you think it was popular. I, I don't know if it's Lemire or Tom. I think Tom King actually wrote that. I think it was one of his first, and it was just really tight and gruesome and kind of twisted. And I, I like the series kind of became that way too. Anytime like they kind of roll in with the the Area Fifty One MCU stuff, I'm kind of I'm kind of over that. I was done with that after the first Thor, so it kind of let kind of roll my eyes at it. But like. I, I love the that uh the return of um that detective I never remember uh, Jim Halpert from yeah. um, from the office <laughs> not that one the one from that one episode right Randy uh, isn't his name Randy Randall Park is the actor Randall name. Park yeah yeah I can't remember who his character's name is but, but I I love him in that I it, and it was that was kind of and then Kat Denning is also on on that side of the bubble that uh, Wanda creates so it, it was. I don't know, like it had all of these weird combinations. It was, and it was twisted. It was kind of like, it really made you uncomfortable with like Wanda's power was keeping people there. Whether she was aware of it or not, wasn't really the point. It was just like, that was really, as Vision discovers that further out, like it was very Twilight Zone too. I thought that was kind of cool. I also just love the, the, to add to that creepiness was just by showing the kind of through the, 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 decades of tv you know seeing just kind of like you know those representation of those eras you know on the show and how they reacted and how you know what the life was and what people expected to see on tv and how you know kind of her mimicking that based on the tv she watched as a kid and stuff like that um and yeah i thought that was great just to kind of see you know, like it's when it started, like the fifties, right? I think was the first yeah. episode. Just like, yeah, like that Van kind Dyke of leave show. it to Beaver. Yeah, like that kind of era, and it's like, like, oh, this is this is creepy just for that reason alone. You know, the people used to act like this, you know, and then, you know, how it moved forward and how it was like, you know, especially like I feel like yeah, like as, she, as she's like talking to the camera, so like that awareness of like her being in a show and things like that, and um, yeah, like I love uh, like how. I love how meta it was, you know, and, and that it would, but it also kind of like served the whole thing. It wasn't just kind of like, like with Deadpool, I love it, but it's like, why, why will he stop and talk to the camera? That's not explained right. but with this. It was, it was part of it. It was like, it made sense within that universe. Again, not complaining about him doing it in Deadpool, but like 
you know, that, that, yeah, it fits into this idea of her creating a fake reality. And, and part of that being, you know, coming from her watching TV and how seeing how those people interacted and her mimicking that, um, I thought that was, that was great. And, uh, I, I like too, that we got that one episode where they kind of jump outside the bubble and like, okay, we're going to fill in some of these, these blanks in, in between and kind of tell you what's been going on as a way of kind of explaining that. And, um, but you yeah. get those flashbacks that kind of recontextualize. And then you kind of realize that Wanda also doesn't kind of remember what has happened. Like it's kind of a, a product of her, an after product of the grief where it just mm-hmm. power manifests outside. And it's also just made me want to watch an Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany sitcom. Like it was just like, yeah. they were both so good. At, and I yeah. like, I watch those old shows and I kind of like the the weird dynamic and how lines are delivered and it's sing song. Like I enjoy watching mm-hmm. those. So it's like less creepy for me, but like through all of the iterations, they were just like infinitely charming. And you were like, you kind of forget. <clears throat> I, I think that the MCU doesn't do a great job of kind of building their romance. Really. You see them in like these little pockets but you just understood finally they're finally in a room acting together and they're fucking great. Why did we wait so long for that? You know, that, that was, that was the, I I knew what I kind of anticipated liking the fact that they were going to jump eras of TV because I I like TV, but like, I I was really, really pleasantly surprised with how great they were together as a couple. Like, and, and the way they played that, the horror when in the awkwardness, when the, like, when mm. the fourth wall would break, but not it not going to Wanda's plan, like according to her plan, like the way everything stopped and they she smolders on it, and then like the dynamic when uh, Vision realizes that he's an invention of this, a construct, like the the fucking levels of the performances, it just incredible, and with all that makeup too, like you get the full Vision makeup, and he, he it's his face, man, you can see. Yeah. You can see the acting lines, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just it 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 was a different thing than any any other MCU thing. I I I think I don't know that there's anything on the weirdness scale, you know. Like, yeah. And I think that I was really hyped at the beginning. I mean, it was height of pandemic. Glad to have something new to watch. Didn't have to go out to see it, but also just like, oh, they did a weird one. Mm-hmm. Oh, what if what if it's just weird from now on, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and then Cap and Winter Soldier was was less less of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it, and it worked too because it was like the different worlds, and that's always how it's been, which I really like. You know, like we haven't seen a a Wanda standalone kind of movie. Like, what is her world like? You know, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier are still in that Captain America espionage world. So, um, see, so yeah, I was glad that it like it. You know, it's kind of they're they're still kind of serving the characters. You know, and no, for sure, it, it definitely. And that that was my, I mean, watchability for Wanda again. It's hard with the series. Like I, I don't yeah. know. As I'm talking about, it, I'm like, I really liked WandaVision. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it. But like, it, it it's that's eight hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you kind of are you watching it in isolation or as part of a, a marathon? Too. That's right. That's the problem with all this content, fuckers. Like, I know I needed it, and I want you to don't stop giving it to me, but now how do I binge it? How do I do it? How do I refresh before the next one? <laughs> That's what they needed with the, the new DVD uh, combo packs. They need to have, like, mm. here is a, wa- <laughs> a functional watchability uh, order. 
You could do it in six hour chunks over four days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another motor mouth business. That's what that could be. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is I, this is high up there. I think if if I were to liken it to like a rewatchability, how much I liked it rating, I think it's in the eight nines. I just like was so pleased that for it to be weird, like mm. very little negatives to say about it. Yeah, yeah. I think and plus I I feel like wasn't it on the shorter side in terms of amount of episodes compared to some of the others? Maybe. Yeah, or I think the the episode length fluctuated too. I think that was yeah. something else that was kind of nice. And kind of in in the spirit. The, also, the the ratio aspect changes in that one episode. Oh yeah, and it was the fucking coolest thing. I was like, ah, like it, it was that. I really enjoyed that where it kind of widens out to like, oh, now in full Technicolor <laughs> and strikes up, just great. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, um, also also good. You know, like I mean, not I. I thought what I thought was really cool about it is. You can you can skip it because at the end of Endgame, Captain America gives Sam the shield, and then the next time we see Sam after this, he's going to have the shield. Right. So you don't need to connect the dots of he gave it away and then had to get it back again, and it went to someone else first, and you know, like you don't need. I I so like I remember right away being like this is brilliant like this this tells a story like you're creating drama by him giving it away and all of the trouble that's going to ensue as a result of that but we know by the end of it he's going to get it back and then we're right where we left off you know but with some stuff in the middle that gave us some extra story but you don't need it because in the next film he's right back to where he was you know and Um, it's different from like it's not like you can skip it because it's not good or it's not valuable either because like the the thing and I, that's not what you were saying but i was like the, the the other thing well if you could skip it do you need it and i think you do like i think it's a great payoff for how falcon makes the transition and the discussion about race that's a mm-hmm. big part of the legacy of that character in the comics like this is not a new discussion it's new to film and television the portrayal mm-hmm. of it but like it i think it it's just such a downer. And I think that that's the thing that was hard about it for me is like, I come off of, I mean, WandaVision wasn't an upper, but it was like weird, but this was very, very dark and stark kind of all the way through. And you kind of, it was like, because of the larger, the larger commentary on kind of refugees and, and war torn, like how, how reacclimation or reintegration to like that kind of stuff, or like not even integration, but just like how they have to deal with the population doubling in an yeah. instant. Yeah. I, I was really impressed when they stuck with it with homecoming. I was kind of surprised with how granular they got into with this series, which is what you do with this series. It, this series, would, and I think it's just like a, a, I don't like that genre as much as I'm finding, I guess. It's not, it wasn't like Bond. It was more like not Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, but somewhere between that and Bourne. Like it was more <laughs> kind of on, on that kind of interpoly investigation kind of thing. Like, and I, I was like really wanting it to be the buddy cop of Falcon and Winter. Like I was hoping they were together for most of it and they weren't. And that it took them kind of a while to get together because they were like exploring their different story and both pretty sad, scary stories, like really 
emotionally weighty. I think that that was my main, like, I felt like it felt long and I was a bit much because it was just that genre and it's very mm-hmm. heavy. Like, I don't think there's really anything wrong with it. Right. Like story wise, like, I, so. Yeah, <clears throat> no, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I know that tale and it was so, so deep and so well explored, but yeah, like, like, it, yeah, in terms of rewatchability, like, do I want to go on that journey again? You know? And, and I feel like a lot of it too is, you know, and part of it that I sometimes forget about, like when, you know, as we're learning more about Sam and his life, like with his sister and the boat and all that stuff, you know, there's so much of that, like, wh- why do I care about this boat? You know, but it's like, oh, it's probably because, you know, that maybe that's part of the comics. And, you know, they're saying, well, now, like, he's going to be our Captain America. Like, we need to know more about him, not just that he's Captain America's sidekick, you know, like, and, you know, sometimes for me, that's, I guess that's the thing that I, and and again, not that I'm calling it like a criticism, but sometimes I kind of lose patience for when we introduce a new character. And we're not just learning about like that character and also their their origin you know the thing that that makes them become a hero but just oh but they're also a regular person what's their regular life like and what do they do when they're not superheroing you know and sometimes i lose patience for that because it's just kind of like yeah i don't i don't really (laughs) i don't care about what other people do with their regular lives I have a regular life and when I get into this stuff, it's like, I'm looking either to escape it or yeah, to get that, that metaphor, you know, it's like, well, okay, what's the metaphor of the boat cleaning the boat? You know, what's that? <laughs> and, you know, so it's like, and, and it's there. It, it is a metaphor for all of us to look at you know, like, what's, what's the thing that's a symbol of our family history that we're maybe not spending enough time on because we're running off and doing all these things we feel we need to do. And, but it, it, you know, it's not, um, the, the the metaphor isn't dressed up enough. The metaphor is too mundane for my liking. You know, right. I like I like fanciful metaphors that I can then interpret into, you know, a real instance from my life, not a real instance from someone else's life that I interpret into a real instance from my life. Um, but again, that's more of a personal thing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I think it was it was a great way of kind of getting to know more of Sam and digging into his life and his backstory not just like moving forward, you know, to kind of see his motivation, you know, I think, yeah, like you do have to dig into the past to see why, why he made the choices he made. And I think that was a a good part of it from a, you know, from a storytelling perspective, you know, like, you know, yeah, why did he just abandon the shield the minute he got it, you know, and I think it was, it was interesting to dig into the baggage of it, you know, both as a part of the country and also like the country's past, but also his, you know, experience with that and how he's reacting to that and the weight of that, you know, um, and, and bringing in, yeah, like the, um, I forget his name, but from, yeah, from that, that, that comic series where like, yeah, the first Captain America was black because they were experimenting on black people. And they're like, yeah, let's give it to him before we give it to someone else, you know? And so I love that they dug into that and, you know, introduced his grandson who in the comics, I think becomes Patriot as one of the young Avengers. So like, I like that they were laying the groundwork for that again, kind of developing this whole, you know, like captain america lineage not just like oh it's one person but like you know there's you know there's so many people are surrounding him as part of his you know how he you know echoes through the marvel universe so um that was probably my favorite episode was when he like goes to his house and he's like talking to him about it and everything and kind of getting to see that perspective and his perspective and like yeah like they just threw me in jail for years because they didn't want to deal with me and all that was great see now i'm remembering back like it it what this does is shows you like Sam 
is not an orphan. Not all superheroes are orphans mm, with no yeah. family. Like right, he was yeah. a grown ass man who had lived and lost and loved and grieved and served as a, 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 a an officer, like a pilot, and then became a superhero. I think like now as I'm thinking, it's like this dude had a whole ass life and yeah. then had to do all of this nonsense. And now he's going back and can't get his parents boat. Like what the fuck? Like, I think that, as I'm recalling it and like in the moment, it was just like, fuck, like this dude has been infinitely far from the earth. You know, like I think he went to space at one point or he was through a portal. There was portals. He went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. Cause he was one of the ones who was dusted. Yeah. Like, like, he was so, in Wakanda, I think for that battle. Okay. But he was yeah. fighting aliens. He was still on earth, but he was fighting so, aliens it, in Wakanda. <laughs> it's just like, it, it, and he also has family baggage and ha- like what a, a great, like <laughs> humans have to deal with that <laughs> feelings of that magnitude. I feel like a lot, we put a lot of pressure and expectation on ourselves, but like to feel the weight of, of like, I can't get this boat out of Hawk. <laughs> and also I stabbed so many aliens and <laughs> lost friends and stuff, you know, like it just weird. That's a heavy one, man. Like I like I enjoyed yeah. I I enjoyed it. I did like when we finally got to see Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan like quip off each other and do like they have a great dynamic. I think like I don't know like I, I wanted it to be lighter. I, I understand why it wasn't. Like I, I I think what they dealt with and kind of the world building that they kind of did is really kind of important in terms of, like the same way Civil War kind of with uh, or uh, um, Winter Soldier with shield kind of dismantling and all of that mm-hmm. kind of fallout, it kind of read resets the world and how it's been sh- impacted by it yet again. You kind of get that kind of more international espionage. Well, not even espionage, just like international relation scope to what, what that world is like mm-hmm. now. Probably low. I mean, I don't know if I will, it maybe I would go back and watch a few episodes. I don't know that I would watch yeah. the whole thing again. Yeah, same thing. Um, but not for quality's sake. Like quality, I think. Like again, great characterization of those. Uh, like I had no problem with what they did with their storylines. I thought they were really purposeful and well executed, and, and felt like fulfilling. And I also liked how they kind of show, like you know, how many how many people are tied together. Like Zemo came back. You know, yeah. the Wakandans came came over and like that whole part where I like that which just like turns off his arm. Yeah. <laughs> um and then introducing John Walker, who like, yeah, like he was perfect because he made a shitty Captain America. Like from the minute you see him, it's like this fucking guy, who's this guy? Like, they did they found the most some... basic looking dude. Like <laughs> it's the best casting. And the fact that they keep him in that helmet for so long. And it's because we like they they got Evans at it from under that helmet so damn quick, and it was the best thing about First Avenger. Like they they knew he was going to look irritating with that, and but they the way they molded it on his face because mm-hmm. you could still see the outline of his brow in it. He just had like these beady little like shit kicker eye. Like yeah. he's perfect. He's like a it, it, the way his chin's kind of clefted out, like but not a strong way. Like an. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
fucker. <laughs> yeah. Most perfect, irritating casting ever done. And like, yeah, like just how like how his character kind of becomes that that John Walker, like so you know, like that U.S. agent of just like yeah. the yeah, this is the the dark version of Captain America, you know, and as like as the cautionary tale for Falcon, and it's just like, look, this is why you need to do this because you know this is the type of person who's going to take over and be like, you know. You know, like like the you know we always say like the with um Ron Swanson when he wins the award he's like oh well every action I have is the action of an award winner because I've won an award you know every action I make is the action of Captain America because I am Captain America you know that it just gives you license to do whatever you want and you're you're justified and righteous because you are Captain America not that your actions actually do have to be right and or wrong you know um and i you know so i love that about about kind of having him come in and how that was just such a perfect perfect example for that is just like this is yeah this sam this is why you have to be america captain america for the same reason that you know like they made captain america strong because no one appreciates strength like a weak person Mm -hmm. you know you know, it takes someone like you who will appreciate the the weight of this and the responsibility of this, not some random ass white dude who's just like, yep, I'm the next Captain America, give it to me. You know, like the fact that you were doubting whether or not you should be it is the reason why you should be it, you know. You you know what's building and it's so satisfying that when he fucks up finally, yeah, he fucks up in front of an audience. And mm-hmm. I think that's why it works and that's like we were watching. Like Tina was like, I I can't stand it. I don't like it. Was un, not enjoyable to watch because he was in it. And yeah. like I, it, it it was that the way it was written was so perfect. Like it, it, it yeah, I didn't like it. Great heel yeah. casting. I that's that's good wrestling writing right yeah. there. I, yeah. <laughs> there's if you got to and the series length too. Like you got to look at that guy's face being yeah. the shit kicker. It just dropped, yeah. And then I love the end, like the reveal with the the new like Captain America outfit, you know, that he has. I, I do wish though that they didn't have like the weird face thing because it didn't sit right, quite right, and he would turn. It's like, yeah, like you said, like with Evans, they got rid of the helmet. Like you don't need the face piece, you know. Like, yeah. like I feel like he had goggles as Falcon. Like you can just have goggles, you know as captain america like why do you have to have this weird thing that comes up on the side or in a cross and you know it's like are you trying to look more like a bird now that you're captain america not falcon like um that was my one complaint with that like that i feel like they were trying to be too close to the comic book version of that costume instead of just being like yeah like use what works like the red white and blue aspect of it with the wings and him fighting with the shield and the wings like that whole scene was fucking amazing like it was so cool they're not doing good helmets. I'm just gonna say, yeah. like, other than I, like, I, we're gonna get to Love and Thunder. There's, there's, a, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the the armor he wears in that. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, we started. I think you were talking about catharsis and why. Like, I, I kind of want to talk about that. <laughs> like, can we jump to Love and Thunder? Is that stupid? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Love and Thunder. So well, let's start with what you were saying first. That's on the lighter side of things. So. The idea that um, I think like, I, and again, this was like a fan theory. And I know we've said earlier, like, oh, you shouldn't need it. But, but someone had said something about like the way Ragnarok looks the way it does is like someone was saying like, oh, it's almost like it's Thor telling the story, mm-hmm. you know? So that's why it's kind of like the way he sees himself and the way 
it's like so much more colorful and like he's i feel like he's become this sort of like this rock star kind of um which i think i wonder if that's why like kind of you know korg was telling the story so again it's like it's maybe the way you know kind of like when we watched uh, gods of egypt you know this is sort of parents telling the children their story and their version of the story that's why the earth is flat in this in this film because that's how the parents are telling it to their kids and how the kids are imagining it you know so i think that's kind of part of it with this part of why parts of it are so like colorful and everything and that color i mean i think also color played such an important part so that there was such a contrast when they go to that planet where it kind of sucks all the color out like i feel like if he looked the way he looked in thor 2 you might not notice as much but because the you know blue yellow and red was so bright on his on his armor when they step into that world like you're you're definitely you definitely notice that it's gone and then when they come out of that world you know it's like it was it was like uh fucking wizard of oz you know like when she steps through that door and you're like holy shit look at all this color so I think part of that was from like a visual design because of that, you know, um, also I think it was him kind of peacocking in front of Jane, like, because, mm-hmm. you know, when he sees her, I think it's him kind of overcompensating, wanting, wanting to like, Oh, well you're dressed as me, but I've got to take it up a notch. Like, you know, and you know, to also to, to, to Oh, I need to show her that I'm all right. You know, like he didn't want to go, dark he's literally for, putting up armor you know, like emotional yeah, armor yeah like he you know and he's he's <laughs> putting up a front you know and he's of course he is tim that's fucking of course that's exactly <laughs> what he's doing that yes <laughs> so, you know, and i think that's what, what's what's sweet about it, is he's not trying to one-up her in the sense of i want to show you i'm a better thor than you it's that you're my ex and i need to show you that I, i'm okay i'm okay you know and and I think that you know so you know and and I mean you know you see That's that in your true. interaction it's, like he's not being an asshole to her being like you're a terrible Thor I should have Mjolnir it's 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 him being like oh oh shit like you know this is the thing I've been kind of wanting but also dreading at the same time for the past eight years seven months whatever it is you know that he knows plus like how sweet is that like he knows exactly when the last time he saw her is you know like. Like this isn't the the dude that's sort of like dumped a girl and moved on. This is the you know the one who I mean, or I feel like they both see themselves as being the one who was who is left, you know. Mm. But you know, from his perspective, it's like yeah, like you left me, and I've been sad about it and trying to deal with it this whole time, you know. And um, you know, we we know Thor is a vulnerable dude. We, you know, we learned that you know throughout you know Endgame and all that stuff. And uh, you know, for me, I think that's why it worked. Like, yes, you're right. It, it does look stupid. It does look too, too flashy and too, you know, um, you know, too comic it's booky, just, you know. It, well, it's, and that's the thing. Like, it's Thunder God. Like, I, again, the <laughs> suspension of disbelief is very much all, all in play. Like, it's just a little, it's, it's a bit flared in much. And it, of course he's peacocking. That makes a lot of sense, but they made the toys in it. That's the thing that really irritates me. It's not like he, he reduces down to something fine. And that's, that could be indicative of it being his emotional state, but like it, <laughs> we let's talk about more substantive things than that. Like, cause I, okay. I, I do have thoughts about it. So first of all, like I remember, um, and this is, this is a little more of a, of a surfacey thing, but, but still it's kind of get, getting into Well, the, so the idea of like, of gods and how, you know, this, this is very much about not just sort of like Thor being a God living in the world, but this is in the world of the gods and, you know, expanding the universe into that idea of gods being actual people. And, you know, and that's part of it too, is like, you know, you see, 
you know, we, okay, we know the Norse gods exist in, in, you know, um, in, on Asgard, but it's like, you know, I feel like a lot of times with, with gods throughout different cultures, it's like, oh, are they different interpretations of the right. same gods, you know? And, but this idea that like, oh no, there are many races of gods, you know, like the, the Greek gods and the Roman gods do exist. They're sort of separate races. It's not that there's like one person who controls thunder and lightning and people have interpreted that person as different characters, you know? Um, so I thought that was kind of really cool, really cool way to open that up. And I, I, I had seen a thing online too, where someone was like, oh, you know, the way DC pictures their gods and it kind of, I think it showed like um, uh, dark side or something like that. And it was kind of showing again, the dark gods. And then it showed, Oh, the way Marvel treats their gods. And it had like, you know, Zeus, which what I, I feel like if the person is criticizing that, I feel like you missed the point. Like I think Marvel is trying to show Zeus as a caricature. Like they're trying to make fun of this idea of, of these gods of these, you know, and I mean, even, even with Thor, even with the Asgardians, like the, in, in the first one, I remember how like he was wearing the helmet as it was like a ceremonial thing, you know, and that's how they kind of got around it. And then we don't see him in the helmet. And then sometimes we see it as a battle helmet, but it's kind of this thing that's, you know, it's not a permanent part of his character. And kind of what I like about that is like, yeah, they're, they're even with the Asgardians, they're kind of poking fun at this, this ceremony. And, and, you know, in, in a sense, you know, I, I, I think sometimes that stuff, even watching like, you know, house of the dragon and even um, the crown, you know, like all of that stuff is related like all of this pomp and circumstance around all these ceremonies that all these rich Royal people have that is, you know, the same way now. I mean, we don't, we don't have that in America, but we have our billionaires with golden toilets and, you know, and that, you know, that they live on this other level because they don't think about the things that we think about. They don't wonder how they're going to pay their rent and how, how I'm going to get to work if I'm sick. And am I, is my boss going to be pissed at me? Am I going to lose my job? And my kid's going to not be able to eat if I, if I, if I get, you know, like they don't, they don't worry about that stuff. They're just like doing their ceremonies, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of the things, even watching house of the dragon, like I got very wrapped up in it, but it's also like, yeah, we don't, we don't see a lot of normal people in this world. It's all, we're all like concerned with all the Royal rich people and how they live their lives and how they have, you know, they basically have to wake up and just talk about how do we rule the world today? You know, they don't have to do actual jobs, you know, and it's, it's hard, you know, the heavy lies, the head that wears the crown. I get it. But like, but they're not doing actual fucking work. Like most of the people in the world have to do. So I'm going like, to throw out, <laughs> I identify with all of the things you're saying. And this is the reason I had to unfollow Beyonce's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. That's Cause true. I was, I was looking at it one day and she, they're in this mansion marbled and there was fucking lions or something they had for a photo shoot, like in their courtyard. It's like, I, I respect the art and the work and God bless you for, for making what you've made. But we don't relate to each other anymore. I don't need to look inside whatever that is. Yeah. Like, this is never just, something I'm going to achieve. This isn't this sort of like... We yeah. no longer anything to talk about without yeah. me feeling like a, <laughs> a worm. You know, like there's... Yeah. <laughs> you sneeze and, above my tax bracket. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. And, and, and I feel like that's, that's kind of what I felt they were going for with this is to just, you know, oh, kind yeah. of, you know, portraying these gods as, as like, you know, like, like, like celebrities and, and not even just celebrities, but just like, you know, rich people in general. Like, I feel like, I mean, I guess rich people have become celebrities just for being rich nowadays, even if you don't, you know, back in my day, like celebrities were like actors and actresses. Cause like you, you watch stuff on TV and on movies and that's how you know who these people are, you know, or, or, or like with rock stars with like music, you know, like you listen yeah. to their music and it's like, oh, this is this sort of supernatural person who goes out into the world and makes the music that I listen to that kind of is the soundtrack of my life, you know, like, you know, like that, that, that's kind of supernatural in a way. I mean, it's not because they're real people. They don't have actual superpowers, but like the effect that they have on people and the, the influence that they have and you know, how wide reaching, you know, that there are people who like their name is just known all over the world. Like that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, not nowadays it's less crazy because everybody can know everybody's name all over the fucking world. Cause everyone's connected through the internet. But like, you know, when I was growing up, like having a cassette tape of this band that I like, and you know, it's this little magnetic tape that has all these sounds that like are reproducing these things that these these random guys did in some studio in some country and whatever. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's magic, you know, like until you realize, like, you know, until you find out how shitty some of those people are and, you know, what goes into making this music you listen to, but like, you know, just, yeah, just like all of it. And I, and I, I feel like that's part of it is maybe, maybe I've given, you know, musicians and actors and actresses more, more leeway. Cause it's like, well, you have a talent. Whereas nowadays people, you know, are just, you know, like, like they, I think it started with like Paris Hilton, the famous for being famous. Like, what did you do? Well, with sex tape, sure. But what, what did you do <laughs> to become famous? Like, why did we care about your sex tape? Like, why, why are you a famous person? Like, what have you, what, what have you done? And I think that's, as far as I can remember, that's when that kind of weird thing started where you're just, you have money, which allows you to kind of put yourself out there. Um, you know, the Kardashians are another example of that, you know, um, not so it's much I mean, like, you know, like with Paris, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time giving young women in power shit about how they got it. Like for, for Paris, I like, yeah, what did you do? But like, then she became like, she did stuff after that. Like she, she built something. She's like the first influencer, right. In terms of like, she had a fashion show, like a, a show about fashion and like, the reality should like she like was part of that kind of like oh lifestyle of the rich and famous but like actually backstage not just here's the house so it's just it's like it's funny because that is what we're all trying to do now hey look at me what do i got to do <laughs> and, like i i i don't that that's a separate uh a question but yeah it's an interesting yeah the interesting parallel for the the gods in I I love gore in in this movie. Like I think yeah. Bale is incredible, and I, I again another Marvel villain who's not wrong. And I I, yeah. I wish I would have seen him murder more gods. I think that would have been satisfying because he's like his name's the God Butcher, and like that that's I just I wanted more where there was less, and I wanted less where there was more with this movie. Like I I enjoyed it, but Taika with a like it's a little loose. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get <laughs> like lo- wait, loose in terms of what like taika just seemed to like let's throw it all in let like it seems very korg heavy like it's it, like i i don't know like i loved ragnarok and uh, like it's unfair to 
But uh, there's obviously going to be a comparison to Ragged Rock. I love where we were with the character at that time. I think this Thor is a little regressed and silly. I'm not quite sure why he lost all of his character development. That seems to be what has been happening. Like Wanda's the same way in Doctor Strange. So I don't, I don't know why that is happening. But like, and there was a few too many goat jokes. Like I loved how it looked. Um, I would have loved more Jane Foster. Like I love that story so much, and that's me being precious about a later iteration of the character. Right. But they like it seemed like it was just. Is it a God Butcher story? Is it a Lady Th- or a, a Mighty Thor story? Is it and Valkyrie's basically not in it a lot, and it doesn't have huge, larger implications other than Hercules in the post credits. Like these are the issues I had. so I'm getting those out of the way so I could talk about the stuff I love because I like it was fun like there was stuff in it that was really compelling and I I thought about gore and that design and all those shots and the black and white planet and the, that fight I thought about that for like a week two weeks afterwards it was just so cool the way it was composed and like I like the little ankle biter Thor guys I, I that was a bit silly but that was fun like I it so th- those it are the very three, like, feet, season seven that, that <laughs> part, yeah. so I I feel like I've been holding that in for a long time because I haven't been able to talk to you about it and I don't want to like yuck your yum but I want to hear what you liked about it so <laughs> so okay so um oh well, I mean and part of it too is I mean you know I mean I mean maybe the things that I loved were the things that just didn't jive with you that much like i i like you know starting at the end i love the, the, the little thor ankle biters like i love the idea um like i feel like we've seen his power kind of evolving like the whole like you the god of hammers you've got a thunder like you don't need a hammer like and now the fact that it's like hey this power doesn't have to be mine like i can bestow my power on other people and like like the the first of all the generosity of it second of all again it being a metaphor for if you have this power the, the worst thing you can do is not give it away because you're afraid to lose it, you know, and, and, you know, as opposed to being like, yeah, there's enough of this for everyone. Everyone gets some, everyone gets to be Thor for a day. And, and, you know, the, um, and I mean, to me that, so, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the beginning, but that, that while we're talking about that, that scene kind of, to me, clinched the whole point of the story and the sort of the, the, Maybe the message, I don't know if this is just what I was reading into it, and the metaphor is that, like, we shouldn't be looking to gods for help, we should be looking to children. You know, we should be giving the children the things they need so they can create the the sort of next step of where the world is going as best they can, not be like, oh, God, please save us from all this shit we did ourselves, you know, and and just waiting for gods to do things, thoughts and prayers, that bullshit, you know, I'm not saying this means, oh, yeah, we need to give kids guns, because that's, that's <laughs> like, but like, you know, that, but that idea, you know, I mean, I guess you could interpret it that way, you know, in the same way that like, in you know, American gods, they kind of the, was it like the, the God of fire was like the God of guns kind of thing. Yeah. It was like that metaphor, like that Prometheus myth of like, here, here's this thing in your hand that you can take and just kill a bunch of people with. Um, but like, you know, or you could use the lightning bolt as a metaphor for knowledge and, you know, and just like, you know, just power in general, like being able to, to do things and have agency, not just be like, you're a kid, shut the fuck up. Like I'm older than you. I will always know more than you. You'll, you'll always be wrong, you know, which I feel like is definitely how the younger age, younger generations are treated by certain groups of people, you know, that, that unless you start seeing things the way they see it, you're just wrong. And you're, you haven't learned enough yet. And, 
the only where to go is to realize what they've realized, which is not a realization. It was what their parents told them to believe and they just blindly believed it. Um, so, so yeah, it was definitely this, this, to me, this metaphor for like old way of thinking, putting your faith into this thing that you assume is more powerful than you. And then just sort of accepting your fate versus like, you know, and I mean, I guess, you know, Thor being a God, he had to kind of bestow that power upon them to kind of give them that power. But, but yeah, they're kids, like they don't have, you know, the, the ability to kind of have this power. It, it does kind of have to, I guess, come from somewhere. And, and, you know, in terms of, you know, whether it's just resources, you know, if you're, you know, I'm very small and I don't have any money and I'm very stressed out, you know, like, like that's, that's what it is to be a kid. So, you know, I'm not saying just like give kids a bunch of money and let them go run wild, but like also the fact of Thor kind of trusting them to kind of do the thing and getting it done and, you know, kind of gearing them up to, to be brave and to, to kind of fight for themselves and, um, you know, to, to be able to slay the demons, you know, like, like that whole, like the, uh, I, I, Neil Gaiman said it in his masterclass. I don't know if it's his quote or if he's quoting someone else, but like the purpose of fairy tales is not to tell us dragons exist. It's to tell us that we can beat them and, or defeat them or whatever. And then that was what this was. It was like, yeah, like you have this power. You guys go, you don't need me to protect you from these shadow monsters. You guys go fight the shadow monsters. I've got this other fight to do. Um, Like also the generational idea of like, this is the next generation of Asgard, right? And yeah. so, like, not only is it like the gift of knowledge, the gift of power being disseminated in, amongst the, the youth, but it's also like the pe- potential. Asgardians are badass warriors. They're hardy. They're they're strong. And these kids haven't seen a whole lot of that, you know. Like what yeah. what they've had to go through has just been like refugee refugee strength, which is different, you know, like just that kind of thing. So to to be given the hammer you know like that and that's the thing like in the i thought in the moment it's like bit silly but i love it don't like give it to me don't 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 put this in there because i love it like but yeah yeah no i and you had like that i love the way that curls into the metaphor about gods and authority and the idea of like celebrity also being within that and also the idea of heroes too right like Thor as a God in terms of like what he expected to be like praised, mm-hmm. right? That version based on like the interactions with Zeus, like, and Zeus's characterization, which is great. Like outstanding. <laughs> Aussies love doing a Greek accent. Don't they? They <laughs> A bad Greek accent with a little bit of a, <laughs> a little more weight than we're used to seeing the gladiator on. Like, great. Yeah. It's great to see him. Like, I, yeah. I love that. And I, I'd seen there's a deleted scene where it, it, he's more compassionate to, and there's like, like he talks to Thor one-on-one later. And I was like, I'm so glad they didn't put it in. Cause I liked him being kind of scummy. I liked yeah. that. That was part of it. And I think it, it was like, not even part, like Zeus is fucked up, like yeah. a really fucked <laughs> God in, in mythology. So like it, it it was interesting to see Thor kind of fanboy about it too, right? Like in yeah. that that yeah, way. Yeah, meet your heroes, yeah. Yeah. So like that I the, yeah. I'm pro and I think I went into it again with kind of the heat of okay, we're going to get some cosmic shit cuz he's he's and also I was just like even if it's just Ragnarok 2, I'm like let's do it. And mm-hmm. I think that that I I haven't watched it again since. I'd like to rewatch it. But like again the thing i came away from was just like 
one of the best villains again. Just like the way yeah. I I want Bale. I wish Bale would have played Joker opposite himself. <laughs> <laughs> like as like I wouldn't wouldn't trade Heath's performance for anything. But I would have loved to see a, a camera test <laughs> where they're reversed. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I mean, and I, you know, I think that was a big part of it. it. You know, the 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 catharsis is just that seeing Marvel explore that idea that you know of 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 gods and how gods are treated and how how gods treat the people who worship them, you know, and mm. and you know, like watching that opening, like I you know, I didn't know anything going into it, and I was just like, I, and as I'm watching it, it's like the pieces are coming together. I'm like, Oh my God, like they're, they're doing this. Like they're, they're doing this where it's like, Oh God, I, you know, I put all my faith in you. And it's like, you're praying to a piece of shit God, you know? And like, like how, how perfect that was and how, you know, the, the, the fact that like, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't mad at God because of God, something did to him. He, all he wanted was for God to save his daughter and his daughter died because that God did nothing, you know? You know, was and then you know, and that the idea of like how that God was like, oh yeah, you know, like our purpose isn't to answer your prayer. How he said it, like it's not to answer your prayers, but your purpose is to worship us. Like you know, like we we owe you nothing for all this worshiping that you do. You're gonna you're gonna pray and you're gonna build statues and you're gonna do whatever, and we don't have to do shit. You know, and just that like, but also I love that there was the corruption of the sword. So it wasn't mm. this 100% like turn on a dime. Okay. I'm going to go kill all the gods because this one God fucked up. It was like the sword taking that and running with it and manipulating him. And I loved how, like when we see him later, how he has like, how he's got those like tattoos, which I'm assuming are some tattoo in, in, you know, worship. And he's got the scars where they're crossed off, you know, mm. over the tattoos did you like? Did you notice that part? No, like, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's he's sick. got like like the tattoos, like they're the two black lines that come down over his head, like down to his eyes. And when you see him later, there are scars in the shape of X's over. He's those been fucking doctors or Mister Zazzing it. Fuck, but Dude, just like that's, well, it's either that or just like fuck these tattoos that are meant to be in you know where you know and, and that you know that he's just like cutting you know. Um. So yeah, the the idea that you know again, it's partially the madness. He's partially going too far with it, but also like yeah, I get where where he's coming from, and I'm. You know, I'm I'm more in that place than other people who might be like, well, you know, what was it? What was I watching the other day? Um, oh, this movie called Straw Dogs, where the this uh, James Marsters and um, what's the um, the guy who played? Um, he, I can't remember his name. I think he's one of the Scars guards, like the the tall, thin one, the younger one. He was. Um, I can see the the. The box art. I, I've never. I've not yeah. seen Straw Dogs, but I know. I, I uh, oh, the one who was in Mute, the one who played the the um, the, the oh, main okay. And they're kind of discussing because, like, he's he lives in I forget what town they're in, but I think it's like a southern town. And he believes in God, and James Marsters doesn't. He's more of like a, a scientist and historian, and, and he, uh, I forget what they were talking about. But at one point, like uh, Skarsgård says, like, "Oh, God works in mysterious ways." And Marsder says, like, you know, the, the most dangerous sentence ever uttered, you know, and the idea that, like, you can explain any horrific thing and be like, oh, yeah, like, well, why, why didn't God do that? Why is this okay? And, oh, we can commit atrocities. Oh, because God works in mysterious way, you know, and I feel like that's the sort of other perspective with this is like, 
you know, either you're like, yeah, that's fucked up. Like you could have saved this little girl, you know, or, oh, it's part of some plan. It's like, you know, bullshit, you know? So like just kind of getting into that and seeing, seeing that played out, but also, um, and, and again, that was part of it, you know, in terms of Gore being such a great villain, like the end of it, where once the sword is destroyed and you see that he's not under the influence anymore and Thor kind of puts the, like, yeah, oh, you know, how is killing all gods going to actually help my daughter, but I could bring her back, you know, and that he chooses that, that Thor leaves him to make that choice. And he does, you know, like just how, how brilliant of a finale that was, that it could have been, they fight to the death and he kills him. Yay. I slayed the bad guy, you know, but it's, but it's not. And it's just like, you won, you're going to kill us all. And this is how I'm choosing to spend my my final moments. Like, you know, whether, Thor was bluffing and kind of knew he would make the decision or he actually accepted his death, you know, and is like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. If I'm going to die, I'm not going to spend my last minutes fighting some asshole. I'm going to spend my last minutes with a woman I love who's also dying, you know? And it's like, like how, how great that was. Um, and, and just how, like, how, how well-rounded that whole thing was. And, and, you know, where kind of where that left everything, like how, you know, just, yeah, that like that heroes and villains aren't necessarily about like, oh, we hate each other and we have to fight, you know, and it's like in those last few moments where it's, you know, so like, you know, take care of her. It's like, yeah, of course I'm going to, you know, like, you know, like he went from sad God to dad God, like, like that's, it's silly and everything. But it's so just like, it was so beautiful. It was just so like, oh my God, like it reminded me of um one of as much as many people hate this. This I think was one of the best parts of the How I Met Your Mother finale when Barney has a daughter and like how it just like changes him, you know? And, and, and I feel like that, that was kind of the thing with Thor too, was just like, you know, and, and it's kind of treated in this, you know, it snaps forward to like, Oh, I made you pan flaps. And it's, it's, you know, it's silly and he's teaching her to be a hero, but it's just like how showing just like how easily he just jumped into that role, you know? And it wasn't like, you know, Oh, you're the daughter of my enemy or, you know, bullshit like that. And like how he's, how he's treating her, and, and, you know, to, and he is being this new type of God, you know, it's like, yes, we, we help the people who need help. You know, we don't, we don't just sit here having orgies because we're omnipotent. You know, we, we, we look for the people who need help and we help them. You know, that's what we do with our power. That's what you should do when you have power, you know, not, not get fat and lazy, you know, and like, that's why it's, that's, I think it's great that Zeus was fat. You know, of course he is. He doesn't do shit, but, but have orgies, you know, and it's like He's skipping leg day all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it was, so just like so much of that was just like, you know, just, you know, fucking one, two punches be like, you know, to, to all of that, that stuff, whether you're looking at, you know, gods within the Marvel universe, the gods within actual religions, it's just like, like, yeah, what, what are your gods actually fucking doing? You know? And, and the fact that, that, you know, Thor is, is, you know, choosing, you know, as part of being a superhero, but you know, there are humans are superhero. And it's, it's kind of funny that almost like this meeting in the middle kind of thing, you know, you have, it's almost like a Thor is taking a step down because he's not like, I'm a God. I get to sit here and just be great. It's like, no, I'm going to come down and actually do stuff and help people with the power that I have. Um, you know, and that he's, you know, raising this girl to do that, you know, to use her power for good. So I thought it was, it was, he me all near back and she has Stormbreaker and, um, oh yeah, on a surfacey level, like how cool was it that Mjolnir wasn't like reformed that she got to use it as pieces? Like that fucking blew my mind just from like a, a you know, 
Like, you know, it's not like, oh, everything's fine, back to normal. It's like, no, this is still broken, but you summoning Mjolnir, it comes together, but you're still in control of it and you control, you know. So like this add this extra layer of like shotgun with it. Yeah. <laughs> and like the whole idea of like it collecting the pieces of the the necroblade or whatever, and it wasn't quite dead. She still didn't like destroy it and like her having to sacrifice herself was just so great, like that. You know, and and I do wonder, like you said, like it would have been nice to see more of her, but I wonder if Natalie Portman was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'll wrap up this whole thing for you. But like, you know, maybe she doesn't want to do a whole like, you know, Mighty Thor film series of her own. Maybe it was like, I want to, you know, I want to put this character to bed, but well, I'll have, you, I'll have you do it the right way, but I don't want to do it anymore. You know, I wonder how much of it was because of that. So it had to be a story of kind of giving her this warrior's death and getting to go to Valhalla and all that stuff, which was great. Um, and that's the thing, like in the comics, like she goes pretty cosmic, like she she's not on Earth much. Oh, okay. And she kind of has like with the, the Warriors three, she kind of has interactions with them and stuff. So like and she goes up against crazy stuff like I I in my heart, I'm always going to want the trilogy. <laughs> I want all of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like in terms of like comic book accurate in terms like what she's going through in that, like, perfect, like just great character like they they nailed it she was the person to play like and i i kind of liked that she was like broing out a bit but like like what like what's your catchphrase or like that kind of thing like i thought that was kind of cool because like she's been a kind of dweeby nerd her whole life so like that's the kind of i don't know like this you you i don't know i liked that too because it kind of now I'm weaving it into the metaphor you were talking about with the whole thing about like fame and gods and having access to it. Now her reaction of like, Oh, like kind of nervous and like wanting to approach it kind of fan girly. And then it's like, well, no, these fuckers haven't done anything up here. So let's do some work, you know, just interesting to show her kind of evolution through that. If, if the kind of like fame and, and like, if God is fame, gods are famous or celebrities and that just kind of burden navigating up. God damn it. Why did you find the one thing that made it all come together? And like, it's, <laughs> like I still have issues with it. Like I really wish there was more of a reason for the sweet child of mine thing. Like now it's like, okay, you've got a daughter. It's a little twee, I guess is what I'm like. I don't know. Like when they did immigrant song, it just felt like, ah, and they're just like arbitrarily like, okay, let's move the dial to Guns N' Roses now. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I felt like at first I was like, why so much Guns N' Roses? And then at the end, I, it made sense. Where it's like, oh, they're kind of like, you know, opening the door for this to be able to use Sweet Child of Mine, you know. And, and you know, I feel like, you know, plus the, the whole thing about that one kid was like, oh, you know, my name's Axel now because, I, you know, this band I like. So it was like it was built into that world. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, we're just going to score it with guns and roses for no reason. Um, You know, I feel like it did add to that kind of like the rock and roll aspect. And I mean, I, yeah, like, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's, it is one of those things where, yeah, I mean, you're not going to top immigrant song, you know, like, so it's like, you know, what, (laughs) what else, but it's like, you know, I feel like this, it was a, it was a fitting way. Cause I feel like how many, how many bands can rock as hard as Guns N' Roses and then have this sweet ballad, sweet child of mine, which like, oh, okay, the softer side. And I, and, you know, and, and 
Um, that is true. When they, you know, the, the whole November rain, like how cool was that when they used the end half of November rain, when it, the whole thing started you know, with the buildup, I was like, oh, this is so neat. Like, you know, like, you know how some songs have a dip, like it's Rose's November rain. Yeah. <laughs> I've either heard. <laughs> uh, that was the greatest meal I ever ate at the salt and pepper <laughs> diner. <laughs> this is a John Mulaney reference for those of you still listening to this, Matt. <laughs> uh, now, okay. I think I went in there mad. <laughs> I think I need to go back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just kind of went into it like, yeah, you know, again, I don't have a lot of expectations for, you know, a lot of the the characters that I kind of aren't, that aren't as near and dear to my heart, you know, so it's kind of just like, yeah, like, let's have fun with this. And, you know, I, I got more than I bargained for, you know, and, um, and that was the thing, like, like going into it, like I knew that, you know, Christian Bale was Gore the God Butcher, but I, I just assumed he was like an already established villain that just kind of came out of the woodworks. I didn't know they were going to set him up in such a spectacular way right. to be like, yeah, yeah, go kill those fucking gods. Like, you know, um, I was also thinking too, when you were saying like how you wanted him to kill more gods and I was thinking of, it would be cool if he showed up at like omnipotent city or whatever it was called. But I was like, but then, then he, you know, he, he kind of turns into this villain where they get to become like victims That's as opposed to now they haven't learned anything and they get to just continue to be assholes and be like, yeah, like like him at the end, like, oh, the humans don't worship us anymore. They look to these superheroes. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. The superheroes are helping them, you know? And like that part of it I thought was 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 so great. And it's you know, I almost wonder, I, I don't think Marvel went into it being like, you know, as a response to the DC gods and stuff like that. But I feel like that has been one of the the differences and one of the cool things about DC where they will that that relationship between like Luther and Superman, you know, where, you know, Superman is causing humans to become lazy because it's like, oh, Superman will save me. Whereas, you know, Luther, I mean, he's usually at his worst, but at his best is like, oh, I have money and resources and intelligence. I can come up with ways to improve humanity. I mean, and then he doesn't, he blames it on Superman. I have to spend all my time fighting Superman. Otherwise I would have cured cancer. Like you didn't have to fight (laughs) Superman. That's still your fault. But like, you know, but that idea that like him, kind of trying to improve himself in the ways that is available to humans. And then Superman kind of just comes in and swoops down like I'm a superhero powered alien. I'll just save you all, you know, and you know, humans don't learn how to save themselves. Um, then again, Thinking I feel like Lex, any superhero, but Lex just takes that shit. So personally, yeah. <laughs> it's like um, the Michael Jordan meme where it's like, and I took that personally. It's yeah. just like Superman <laughs> exists. Yeah. I took that <laughs> fucking, fucking stern ass <laughs> Lex just in the corner, like, no. <laughs> so yeah. So I mean, I think, yeah, it was it was definitely I feel like it blew open kind of the Marvel universe in that sense. Like, look, here are all these other gods, you know, and and kind of also like reframed how, you know, how we how we think of not how we think of them, because I mean like yeah, that's that's been the case for a while. Like, why won't you fix this fucking world? You know, like, you know, and it doesn't. That's the other thing that pisses me off. Like, oh, oh well, God, you know, free will. It's like if you know, it's like God were to fix everything, you know, like. But it's like you, you, we can still have free will, and you can stop giving little kids cancer. How about that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like. Well, I'm so, also now thinking of like what what gods would be okay 
to slaughter on a movie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they might have been like, well, how far back do we go? Who are, That's true, yeah. who could be offended by this? And like, yeah. And yeah, that's because so you like have was, to make them yeah. villains, right? Like, you have to make that, like... Yeah. That's also... Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just, yeah, that was, I, I guess... Yeah, that's what was good about that. Like, this was some other planet with some other god we never... You know, some invented god we never heard of. So, like, yeah, okay. This is a great way to show the example of why, you know, gods can be shitty. And, like, yeah. Like, yeah, he deserved to die. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Too amenable. <laughs> that's my biggest problem. Also, also, again, this is on the lighter side of things. I love how there was this whole thing between like Mjolnir being his ex weapon yep. and then Stormbreaker, and like, yes. like the, he's like trying to fucking call Mjolnir, and, and fucking Stormbreaker just kind of slowly floats in off camera. Like, what are you doing? What do you? What do you? What do you... <laughs> and I see that's the thing. Like, I loved that, and I loved where they kept coming back to it. If they had had that minus goats, that's all I want. I just wanted yeah, the, the goats, goats, the goats the goat one time. I yeah. once at the front, once at the end, just to yeah. remind us of the goats worth. I get it. It's just like two or three or four more too many. Yeah. And then, but like that, that yes, I, I love that. The music, the, how it was shot, the reveals and how it kind of echoed the, like looking at people you love thing where he's looking at the guardians yeah <laughs> that was the other thing is like i was kind of wanting there to be more of a, a guardians team up though through this whole thing we've discovered i don't like guardians as much as i think i do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was that was kind of like a a, a dynamic i don't yeah the the idea of thor narrating his own story impacting the tone and the brightness and all of that is really interesting he's just been through the ringer that was that's the thing like he's been through so like i wanted him to eat i don't know because he's also dealing with like seeing his ex and then his ex has cancer and is also thor so like where he's not really done any character development in those directions of uh uh maturity right like because like he's learned, like my brother, like he can outwit his brother, right? Like, and he's accepted that dynamic, and now he's his brother's gone, and he had the weight thing, and then Godbod. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I just feel like that's something that always comes up in films. Like people tend to get angry when why do you have to have a love story? But it's like again, if like these stories are meant to be relatable, like that's you know kind of like doesn't he say that at one point? He's like, oh yeah, that's all anyone wants is love. You know, it's like. So, you know, why is there always a need to try to keep love out of any film, you know? And it's like, oh, you had to bring a love story. It's like, yeah, of course you did, because, you know, you're, you're trying to humanize him. And I feel like that was part of it. Like when he was in the first store, this young kind of dickhead, just I want to go battle. That's all I want to do and just battle and feast. And blah. sure, there were orgies in there at that point, you know, but like part of him growing is being like, yeah, there's one woman I want to be with, you know, and, you know, if she doesn't want to be with me, I can respect that and understand that. But I, I don't have to like it, but I don't know how to deal with it because, you know, who knows how, he's, how long he's been alive. And I'm assuming he's never been in love before, you know? So like, this is, this is something new to him and it's, it's part of, it's part of the human journey, you know? And I think, you know, it was handled in, I thought, I thought a great way, you know, the, the, the way we kind of, you know, it wasn't like one of them was a dick to the other one and we don't want them to get together. Like we see, yeah, they drifted apart and they're kind of from right. two different worlds and they were trying to make it work. And I feel None like of it was burned at all. Like I wanted it to work, yeah. but then little by little things happened. That, yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, mean, the, I, like, I, 
I liked it coming back. Like I, I, I think that's a really great dynamic. And it, like you said, it was nice that like the posturing was not ego so much as it was just like self preserved Like it wasn't like hmm. I'm, I'm being shitty to you to make you feel small. Cause I feel small. It's I'm trying to, 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 to make it look like I'm okay. So I don't have to talk to you about how broken I still am, you know, yeah. which is, yeah, that that's very relatable. Okay, it's a seven. Rewatchability <laughs> seven. It's that's up quite a bit. Like yeah. I, for for gore alone, like yeah. I, I think that yeah, that got it five points. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a nine or ten. I mean, I yeah, I think it was really yeah, it was really you know, uh, I think it can stand alone. You know, and it's 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 not as fun as Ragnarok. Like I will right. yeah, I will admit to oh, that. Yeah. It is it, it does get a little more serious, a little more weight to it um which which i did kind of like you know i think if we had an if it went more silly than ragnarok then i think that would have been a problem but i feel like it was it still had humor it was still kind of funny but it still told a very like heavy serious story you know and and you know both in terms of the gods and and then in terms of someone you love having cancer you know like so i feel like it was kind of like super ambitious to take on those two things like we're yeah we're going to take on the concept of gods but also the very you know real thing of like you know someone both yeah someone you love having cancer but being the person with cancer if you have a possible cure you know how do you how do you deal with that um it, it kind of reminded me of the yeah you've seen blown away that that one woman who has that like eye condition where you know the thing she loves doing oh, yeah. most is blowing glass but everything's getting worse, you know, and it's like, but she's not going to give up the thing she loves, you know, and it's like, that was, you know, that, I mean, that, yeah, that to me, that was kind of like Jane Foster, like, okay, I could sit in bed and maybe get better from cancer, or I could go save the day and have one more shot at being mighty Thor and kind of, you know, kicking ass and, and, you know, doing the right thing and, you know, whatever. So that was a little part two. It's, it's the mighty Thor. And if you can't say that it's Dr. Jane Foster. (laughs) (laughs) When Corey calls her Jodie Foster. (laughs) Yeah. That, I, that if you can't, if you can't work that one out, it's Dr. Jane. Yeah. That's badass. And that's, that's straight from the comic books. Like the Mjolnir is, pushing all of the the poison of chemo out of her like that's what norse magic considers it is just yeah so it, it's just and that's the thing like i watching that i think it's six trade paperbacks long is oh, that okay. story so it's just like i it's kind of hinted at and then you discover it and then you discover that she's killing herself by continuing to be thor and then she's weighing it against these cosmic forces and there has to be a thor there must be a thor you know, and so that that I just I wanted to linger on it so much more. You know that that's that's my only. They didn't get it wrong. It just was <laughs> short. That's the only, and it's great. It's great to see that. Okay, seven and a half. <laughs> I think like in order to not talk about everything, like do like Spider Man, we had. A no way home discussion, right? We've we've talked about, so. yeah. We I mean, have to have, have yeah. right? Like, yeah. I don't I think like it otherwise... was part of an episode. I think we just talked about it because we couldn't 
hold on to it any maybe i don't know I mean, it was probably part of it because i feel like i could you know the once i saw it it was like i have to talk to people about this you know <laughs> and like I, i'll just give you the the rewatch it's 10 it's a 10 yeah. rewatch it it's it shouldn't work tim and i've said i have said this the whole time from the first trailer it's like there's no way in hell they're gonna do this <laughs> and they did it they 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 nailed it. It's like Robin Hood. It's like the bullseye and then the arrow splitting the arrow in the bullseye mm-hmm. in terms of satisfyingly landing three Spider-Man trilogies yeah. and making it all have all an origin story. I, the second May says the words, oh, I'm God. like, oh, no. In the theater, I was... I, I, it, it, the whole world shifted and it was so perfect. And so I, I, sh- you're the Spider-Man guy, but those are my thoughts as a civilian for, from, yeah. from the web crawler himself. Like, well, it, it was, it was interesting too. Like you're saying like, yeah, like, like who would have thought putting the origin story, like in the third film, you know, like, and, 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 and that was one of the things too, like from the beginning, you know, we're introduced to Peter and he has his aunt May. And you're just kind of like, you know, and you know, he's been Spider-Man. So like I, this whole time, I assumed Uncle Ben had already died and they had already de- dealt with that, had that conversation. And then, yeah, in that moment, you kind of realize you're like, wait a minute, like, was there ever an Uncle Ben? Like, and that's, that's one of the weird things too. Cause like, you know, it's, it's Ben is the one who's actually blood related to Peter's parents. So the fact that May ends up raising him, it's like not even her blood relative. Whereas with this, it's like, well, wait a minute. If if the, if there was no Ben, like did Ben die before? Like, and it just kind of like calls all this to question. But it's like, like yeah, of course. Like it's you know in in, in this world, like yeah, it's got to be May. Like she's the one to kind of give the speech. She's the one who's you know. I mean, everything has kind of been flipped on its head. Like she found out he was Spider Man like almost right after you know. So it's like, you know, of course it's a very different world than the one we know in so many different ways. So it's like, yeah, of course it's got to be her, you know, it's, it's, it has a different sort of weight. I don't know that I'll say more weight coming from her knowing that he's Spider-Man. Cause it's interesting. Cause I feel like when Ben gives the speech, it's, it's to his nephew as a person, as someone growing up, a t- you know, being a teenager, going through puberty, all that stuff. And, and it's interesting because like, you know, again, I think that's why it works as a metaphor, like Peter's taking it and using it as Spider-Man but it was intended to just a 16 year old kid like that, you know, it's not just meant for superheroes alone. It's meant for everybody. Like this is, you know, and, and my, my whole argument about that is like, well, what happens when you have no power? Does that mean you have no responsibility? Cause it's like, you know, he's taking that and using it as Spider-Man, but like, yeah, as a 16 year old kid, how much power do you have? And, um, you know, and I guess that's part of it is like figuring out what your power is, but so, yeah, so it has a different, a different thing like may saying it to him like as spider-man you know as you know now going forward that like yeah that that this is his origin story you know this is the thing this is the turning point and that he's living with that also with the whole yeah, everyone forgot who you are too so it's like you know him having no one you know it just makes it it makes it more poignant i think in that sense that you know it's not like okay this was the last thing your uncle said to you and then he died and it's your fault. And, you know, you've got to still make your way in the world. So the fact that this is kind of said to him as he's kind of like losing, not only may, but then everyone, you know, and this is, this is kind of all he's left with is just like power and responsibility. No one, no one gives a shit about you. No one who knows who you are. Like you got your wish. No one knows that Peter Parker's Spider-Man anymore. 
but like now you have to make your way in the world from from scratch you know and that's and that's the burden on top of that is also you got to save people so it's like you know it's 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 heavier in that sense i guess um you know because at least when ben says it and then he has to be spider-man he kind of has a support system because he still has yeah. may in his life even though she doesn't know he's spider-man he can still you know talk to her as an aunt you know do a doing a backwards metaphor take something supernatural and turn it into oh well i got into a fight at school with a bully not like i was being a super villain who was trying to take over the world you know like and still get advice and still have someone to talk to in that sense now he has no one but his sense of responsibility yeah when 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 may go like it, it was it was like you can't take her from him too like that that's I, I've been operating, on, and I think there's like a, a post credits or some tease of Spider-Man before Civil War um, oh, okay. that references Ben. I think there's something about like Ben did exist, and I think he did die as well. And I think there's some power and responsibility ish thing that was said um, in this continuity too. But like it just for him to lose Ben and then Tony and then May mm-hmm. and then MJ. You know, like I, I somehow they may, they gave him all of the pain of all three of those Spider-Men, you know, even though he got to save his, uh, uh, um, Gwen, you know, or well, like he, he doesn't have to go through that, but he's still like, just with all of the pain, like he still sits with all of, because she's there and doesn't know him and he knows it's better for her not to know him. That yeah. it, and he's still so young, you know. He finds that out, like, and he has to deal with, and again, all by himself. It just it, it broke my heart to watch May get taken away from him too. You know that 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 by itself, without any of the added stuff, was just like no. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it was somehow worse too. That, I mean, you know, not somehow that that like you knew it was coming, and maybe there was a part of you that like he's gonna say, but he would be the part where he's like you know holds his head is like I'm gonna make you watch, and then it happens. Not someone comes in to stop it and save the day. Like he told you what was gonna happen, and then it happened. You know, and it was just like and the fact so that it, it came from Osborne, yeah, it like it's always Osborne. And that Osborne, like uh, of the things from that first movie that are untouchable, that performance, like the helmet, don't like the helmet, don't like whatever, but that just, he nailed it and he came back and he came back meaner and just, oh, it was so, and it, it came from that goblin and that's our Peter's goblin too, this new mm-hmm. Peter's. Like it's always been that goblin. It just oh, Defoe in that part is just sublime. Just I'm so glad they did. And I the misdirect because the trailers really made you think. Like Otto be mm. like it seemed like a real Doctor Octopus kind of would betray and be the villain, and it's not. And it's Goblin, and it uh, it's an origin with Goblin responsible for the line. Like it, it just it shouldn't work. And then they pay off Amazing Spider-Man. Like, what in the fuck? Like, that's that's bit bonus, you know? Like, it just, it did all of the side quests, too. Right, yeah. Overdone and dry. Overdone and dry. I'm going to review the sidewalk. Overdone and dry. <laughs> that's a I also like, too, that there was, like, varying 
like the, the all the individual personalities of the villains like it wasn't like you know they didn't come over and do like okay sinister six like all of us are going to gang together I, I think there were only five of them but still right. you know they didn't say like we're all just going to kill spider-man it was like varying degrees of how angry and evil and villainous they were you know like you know, like who, who can blame electro? Like I was like some weird blue dude in this other universe. And now I'm like a normal dude, but I have yellow electrical powers. I like that. I don't want to lose that, you know? And you know, he wasn't like evil. It was just more like a self-preservation thing, you know? And, and then, you know, Doc Ock kind of coming around, you know, like, what? yeah, then they were they able to like reprogram the thing and like, Oh, the arms aren't in control of you anymore. And he was like, back to dr octavius and like you know that whole thing was like really really nice you know again to to kind of see like yeah this this poor guy was you know i mean he made some mistakes he should have stopped when they said stop but he wasn't a villain he wasn't an evil dude and then you know the inhibitor chip blows up so yeah he kind of loses it a little bit with the arms but like the fact that he's able to kind of get it back and get back to himself you know and and um, i like that detail where it's like his first reaction is like it's so quiet yeah. You know, like the fact that those things had been screaming in his head for the whole time, you know. Yeah. I I loved that added layer to it, you know, like I thought that was just brilliant. And I mean, it's Melina, you know, like whatever they they give him, he's going to be in Did you see uh, on Instagram they had behind the scenes where they had the arms out and everybody was on set and Defoe went in and had the the arms and was oh, playing no. and doing doc ock lines oh that's like cool. is really cool and like the whole set was like oh that's amazing because yeah. <laughs> you put defoe in any role and he's going to be amazing like yeah and i liked the idea that the, the it was like an organized thing like the hand or like a league of assassins hired by like it, it was like a a loose alliance of villains which is how mm-hmm. it is in the comics constantly i i remember like in batman the night send thing like there's a sequence where like everybody's escaped from Arkham and Joker and uh, Scarecrow have teamed up and they like, kidnapped the mayor and they're doing all this stuff, but they're just like, they just got out and had similar ideas as they left. They, they, it's not like a, a larger partnership that they've formed. I feel like, like a lot of like Gotham is all about like the, the institutionalized crime and like how mm. these mobsters morphed into these creatures. Like, no, just like, Here's two weirdos. They team up a bit. They punch a bit in their mates on the other side. Like that, yeah. that that's a great formula. And it's like, so no Sandman hardly is in it. Like, yeah, <laughs> For good there are some, yeah. yeah, there's some people who are in it more than others, but that's okay. Well, and, and I like that they explored that aspect too, where it's like, yeah, again, he wasn't an evil dude. He was trying to steal money to, you know, pay for his daughter's, operation you know healthcare whatever yeah. you know and it's like it's like oh look commentary look there would be less crime if there was free healthcare. what about that you know like so like you know that that aspect i feel like you know that's kind of what his role was probably to, to be like yeah i'm not a villain anymore like you know is that what was in his vial his goober <laughs> it was free health care for his universe that's what yeah. turned him back <laughs> yeah <laughs> the spider the spider-man 3 in a lab situation could solve any of the multiverses problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a quick injection <laughs> so you tell me about that scene with willem dafoe in the octopus arms makes me want to see a movie where osborne 
wants to become the Sinister Six himself. So he goes around killing the other villains. Yeah. So he kills Octopus, gets his arms, kills Vulture. Oh, he gets, he gets wings. Gets wings arms. Is he Electro's power? So now he has like electricity powers. Um, you know, injects himself with the, the the lizard stuff. So now like he also has like lizard strength and a lizard body within the goblin like on the glider and it and then I think that's only five though. We need one more. Isn't like Venom part of the Sinister yeah. Six? Usually? Sometimes. Like I think the, yeah. the, the Sinister Six I think Oh is Rhino, right? Isn't Rhino the other one? Oh yeah. Rhino's terrible. So maybe he's got a horn or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or a Rhino mobile. Like it, for some reason that made me think Super Scroll. Because Super Scroll has all of the Fantastic hmm. Four powers yeah. in a similar way. I think sometimes Craven is part of the similar Sinister Six, but the similar six, similar dude. Six. Okay, that is our parody comic. Assimilated We're going to it right now. The, <laughs> the significant six. The <laughs> s- <laughs> There's plenty of these. What are they doing? Yeah. Why does Crisis get to be the thing every time? More, make more still, six one. Still, still, there's another. There's another DC Crisis. I forget what it's. I think it's like was it like Dark Crisis or something? Like there's some. There's another crisis happening over there now. <laughs> In the comics and with their company, always. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I mean, I mean, Marvel's doing it again, too, but it's based on two other secret things. So there's, like, there is going to be the secret invasion and secret war. But I don't know if they're doing a new secret something in the comics. Right. <laughs> that was, I, think, I think I told you that years Infinity. ago. Infinity. That's been the thing, though. For Marvel, it's been Infinity things. Like, well, at least with them, it, it always refers to the Infinity Stones, I think. Yeah. Most yeah. of the time. You know. So, yeah, every that's time true. if we're going to talk about the Infinity. But that's the thing. is like with, with DC, like at first the whole crisis thing was like dealing with multiple Earths. But then like the final crisis, which was supposed to be the final crisis was like doomsday and the omega thing like the whatever it was oh, the mega beams but, yeah but like it was like an omega code i think it was like something that was like brainwashing people and i don't know mm. um, it was weird it was the the grant morrison story which was like super weird i like grant grant but he has the same i have the same gaiman uh thing like mm. i don't want like <laughs> i'm in this form because i don't want to read a book yeah <laughs> I feel like also he has like an idea for like what he wants to do with the characters and like no one gets it. And it's like, yeah, this is this thing I'm this story I'm telling. And it's like, what? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, mean, like I watched the other day, it popped up on Facebook, the, uh, the roast of James Franco. Uh-huh. Where Jonah Hill was roasting him and he's saying how, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Um, um, fuck the guy, uh, um, the guy who's in old brother, where art thou? And, uh, Clooney? Clooney, George Clooney. He's like, you know, George Clooney has a rule where when he makes films, he'll do one for him and then one for the people, you know, whereas James, you know, Franco, you will do one for you and 20 for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite part of that is Bill Hader as uh, the president of Hollywood. I shoved you down America's throats for years. (laughs) Seth Rogen, you fat fuck. (laughs) I told you, I told America, this is a movie star. (laughs) Keep laughing. (laughs) So, what else do we got? We got. I mean, I think we hit the big ones. Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a delight. I, I, I was an unexpected yeah. treat for me. I'm going to watch it the six days before Christmas. That's a great. I and you you get a, a a kingpin fight on Christmas, right? That's 
that's yeah. the who else what else could you want yeah. <laughs> it's like jingle all the way but better written and it was like home alone but like superhero like i it's great it was new york holiday i i don't have a bad thing to say about the hawkeye series yeah. i thought it was great I like that they worked in his his hearing loss too, which will, um, I, I remember that was, I don't know if I talked about this on here, but that was a thing way back when, again, I, when I went to a panel at Comic-Con one time and it was about, you know, representation in comics. And it was like one guy and, you know, maybe, maybe other people too, but he was like super angry. And at this time, I think we only had like Avengers one and he was like super angry that they didn't bring in like the fact that Hawkeye's deaf. You know, and that, that it was like, oh, you know, and it was like, well, first of all, he wasn't born deaf. Like, it's not like, you know, and we don't really see much of Hawkeye in right. There's Avengers, very little. You know? So, like, you know, how we like how are we supposed to throw it in there? Number one, like, number two, in the comics, like he he becomes deaf later. Like, it's not something that has been a part of the characters. Like, I think it was in the limited series. Like, there's an explosion that goes off right near him. And that makes him, you know, he loses his hearing. So, like, you know, it's it wasn't that they were, like, anti-deaf people and were like, we're not going to show it. But it was like, it just hadn't happened yet. So I like that they finally threw that in. Like, you know, like, oh, how'd you, it just feels like all these explosions go. It's like, yeah, like, that makes sense <laughs> that by this point, he has hearing loss. Like, Repeated trauma of the ear. Yeah, like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, you know, how how is that supposed to have fit in Avengers 1? You know, like, right. like Loki tells him to do something and he doesn't hear, oh, I don't have my uh. hearing. Like, you know, like. Like, like, no, it just, there wasn't room for it. Like, and it wasn't, and, and again, like it, it's not from birth. So it hadn't happened yet. Like, um, so like I thought, and then I thought that was a cool way too, for him to connect with like Maya Lopez. Cause like, you know, it's like, oh, he knows how to sign and he could communicate with her. And I thought that was really cool. You know, especially like, you know, since they, I was used to her, I think, I mean, I don't know if that was her origin. Maybe she came in elsewhere, but you know, her coming in with daredevil, and that kind of being a cool thing because they have like complementary, you know, loss of of senses, um, but kind of bringing it in here too, I thought was like a really cool way to do that. So I'm interested to see like her and Daredevil interacting and see yeah. how that's going to kind of reference the comics. But um, yeah, you know, the fact that of like, you know, like I feel like a lot, a lot happened, but it wasn't, it didn't seem like too much. You know, again, we've got that sort of handing, you know, uh, changing of the guard, you know, Kate Bishop. And, and I love know. the way they worked in New Widow too. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I think below the, like that, that again, again, like Floris could play with anybody. Like she's just like yeah. great characterization, great wit. And we get, get more of her personality in Hawkeye, even than mm-hmm. the Black Widow movie, because she's like, out in the world, you know, right. she's not on a mission. She's not the villain, maybe anti-villain, that kind of thing. She's yeah. like, she is kind of more fully formed and just independently operating and answers to no one. And it's great with her and hey, Stanfield, Kate Bishop. Like, that's a great, I loved when they were fighting. I loved it when they were in the elevator. I love that yeah. whole dynamic making uh, macaroni Make and cheese. cheese. Yep. Like <laughs> it, it's the perfect thing for, for Christmas. Like I, I, they need I didn't know I needed a Marvel Christmas movie and they gave it to us. Like that yeah. that that's definitely a rewatch. Like I and then when when Kingpin shows up, he's everything you want him to be. Like not sit like the whole characterization through the, the Netflix series was perfect. Like I I I was great. From the second he smashes somebody's skull in that fucking limo door, it's just like, okay, this we're we're not playing around. We're not just hinting at this guy. This is the character. 
And then when he shows up in the, the first MCU, and I, I love how like D'Onofrio is so humble and so grateful to the fans. Like as it came out and everybody was so excited, he was just like really grateful to be a part of it in this small way. Cause he's mm-hmm. like, a couple different things, but like it just, he's Titanic mean. And I, I think I said this before, but like when he hits you, and you fly across the room, you believe it. Mm-hmm. And I like it, they did that in in that those sequences. And I love the idea of Bishop going up against him. And it's the Kung Fu Master thing. Like you get mm-hmm. fucking rocked, and you have to go away and learn some shit. You know, yeah. like and and when if he comes back because he's he's died a few times in the comics and died and went away to Europe and came back. You know, like. <laughs> So, and we've got Daredevil coming. Like, we're not going to not see Fisk again. Like, that, it's too good a villain not to come back. It, yeah, it, I, and they did Christmassy shit. Like, when they mm-hmm. zip line over to the fucking tree, mm-hmm. and then they cut the tree down. I, it was crazy to me, because, like, whenever you see New York at the holidays, that tree is in the background. Yeah. And it, or it's evoked to like Chicago has a similar kind of thing, but like they, it's iconic and you kind of see it as background. And then they were like, they cut it. And I was, I didn't realize until it started to fall. I was like, no, not that one. <laughs> like, that's the spirit of Christmas, Christmas tree. <laughs> New York won't exist anymore. <laughs> like, that was more impactful than any blue laser or, or like. Death Star explosion. I was just like, yeah. not the tree. And the <laughs> fact that he was just like sitting in it, like, like I, it, that was yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a. T- I, I, I don't know that I'll. I'll probably rewatch it over holidays. Why not? Why, why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. I think it's relatively short episodes too. I think they're under an hour. I don't know if they're like half an hour, like down that short, but I feel like, yeah. And the way that they they paid off our uh, the uh, um, musical number in the post credits of the last episode, you get the full musical number. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so the bad. most cringingly cringingly beautiful thing. I'm so glad it exists. <laughs> it's kind of gross because it's Marvel saying, "Hey, look how gross we are," but not really knowing how gross they are. <laughs> I mean, I kind of saw it as like, also like, you know, kind of making fun of Broadway and just like how, yeah. <laughs> you know, which, which I, I, I love that. Like SNL does that all the time. And I mean, you know, I feel like it's, it's, that's, that's part of it. Like if you're in New York, I'm guessing that's like a New York thing. That's, that's big. That's, you know, where Broadway is, that's where all that stuff is times square. Like it's, I feel like it's a part of the culture. So to be like, you know, yeah, this is what happens. We have, you know, this big serious battle that took place in New York. Now we're going to have this silly little musical about it. And, you know, how do we recreate these characters on stage? And <laughs> I also wonder if it's a Feige thing where he's like, um, you say you want a musical version of this. This is what it would be like. <laughs> Don't do this to us or Remember to we yourself. We tried it with Spider Man and people died. <laughs> <laughs> What if in the same way we were talking about pie earlier, none of this is usable. We're cutting all of it. But we were talking about pie as like different pieces of the God number being places. What if, what if that was the closest to all of them was 
Spider-Man in a musical, and the reason it kept failing was because it was not allowed to happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> they can't if get this actually, many... <laughs> Right. If this were to work, the, the world would end. That's the thing that shatters the simulation. <laughs> It's like like Scriabin's uh, Mysterium. You know, there's this this composer who's writing this piece who he believed it would it would end the world because it would be the perfect culmination of art and music and beauty and and like part of the music there's supposed to be like bells hung from clouds on and it's supposed to be performed on a mountain in Tibet or some shit like that. Like it's just <laughs> like this ridiculous thing he was composing and it was supposed to like bring about the end of the world because it's like yeah nothing will ever top this and. That sounds um, amazing. I think Kanye <laughs> might be the reincarnation of that guy. Oh my god, <laughs> that dude! How do you keep fucking up? Like, I don't know. You double down on fucking up. That's, they that's... just get worse. Like, I, I, I would not have, I would not have guessed Kanye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, to be fair, like, I don't, I don't know a lot about Kanye. I don't love his music, but to be fair, I don't know much of his music. Maybe if I had listened more of it. I'd be like more of these people who are like sad and like, oh, but Kanye, I love you and your music and blah. blah. It's just like fuck that. Like most of what I know of him be just being a fucking idiot, you know? No, it, it's it's definitely like whatever scale is it's long overturned. Like yeah. he's he, the bad is way outweighing the good or, or interesting at this point. Yeah. Just anyway, that, that that's not what this is about. This is yeah. about Marvel. I think rewatchability, like I don't know, a series again is a difficult task for rewatch. Yeah. Like I said, I'll, I'll I'll rewatch it the six days leading up to Christmas. I think it's, it's going to become a tradition of mine, like with my yeah. other Christmas stuff watching. But I don't know that I would watch it at any other time necessarily. Like it definitely, yeah, like it did give me really good Christmas vibes. So like you know, it will be enjoyable to watch around around Christmas for that reason. You know, in addition to it, just that that it does take place those six days and watching you know it's gonna be like 24 you know watching it in real time <laughs> yeah but we haven't talked about loki we haven't talked about she hulk loki we have talked fine. did you not like loki i didn't dislike it it just it was i i don't know like it was it was definitely one of those where i feel like it was kind of like i mean it was, it was very weird very different thing very you know i mean i i i, I loved it and respected it for being like yep we're we're doing this multiverse thing you know, and I like how the explanation of that, like, oh, we've been trying to keep to avoid a multiverse by any time a multiverse starts, we kill that person, you know, like that, like how sinister that is, like, you know, which, which in, in essence, I feel like it is, it, it's like, it's like you're taking away free will. Like my, my belief is that, you know, yeah, like in order for us to have free will, it's not just that we get to make a choice, but it's the idea that all those choices are being made simultaneously. So like, I, I fully believe in an actual multiverse, you know, and um, that that's the only way you can express infinity is not just like through through space in terms of like, oh, yeah, if you go in any direction in the universe, you'll never stop, you'll never get to the end. But but also that there, you know, there are infinite universes where, you know, infinite things are being played out, like every possible, you know, combination and option. So like, I, I love that idea. And I, I, I believe in that um, as a, as a sort of the nature of the universe. Um, so the fact that they were kind of, you know, saying that a part of the Marvel universe is that there would be a multiverse. That is a thing that, that tries to happen, but we are actively suppressing it and forcing 
into one timeline, you know, that, and, and also that, you know, it, it also removes free will in the sense that someone has predetermined what that one timeline is, the sacred timeline. So like, in essence, there, there isn't free will in the Marvel universe, you know, and it's not until like that multiverse kind of finally gets blown open that, you know, um, and leave it, leave it to Loki, you know, leave it to his mischief to say like, yeah, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to open that door, you know, and, and, and it's like, good, like that, that should be there. That's a, that's a part of nature, you know, and someone's been suppressing that someone's been kind of steering existence in a way that they want it to be steered. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's fucked up. That's fucked up on like on a cosmic level, you know, not just like, you know, that you're, you know, you're, you're determining the, 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 the future and the nature of things. And like, you know, this is the choice that you are supposed to make this moment. And the version of you that makes the other choice, we're going to kill that version so that only this one remaining choice exists and follows through. And yeah, so that's, that's a whole new level of fucked up, you right. know, and, and Loki fixed it. <laughs> so it's so like that part of like the big picture aspect of it. I love, I love the last episode. I love the re- the reveal with Kang. I thought that was amazing. Um, oh my God. You know, I had, he I had watched uh, the fuck out of that. Like yeah. that see, like his whole monologue, the way he played it, it's like this centuries long recluse, like not contact with anybody. So he had kind of weird humor and like e- e- eccentricity. Like I, I is, such an interesting performance and that reveal was so killer like yeah um but i don't know i, I just I, I guess i just didn't enjoy the journey as much oh krista has taco bell oh no way <laughs> okay i won't i won't keep you from taco bell <laughs> well that's i think tim just said the final words <laughs> <laughs> well with that very abrupt in the middle of the loki discuss, i like loki i thought it was weird it was great yeah. that it was twilight zone meets rick and morty with hiddleston i i think i'll, I'll buy that i love yeah. gators with with crowns and horns <laughs> and, yeah, Owen Wilson was super fun. Like oh, I, yeah. I really, yeah, you know, yeah. like I think it was just, yeah. Like it, I, for me, it just, it felt like it took too long. It was kind of, and, and That's for fair. fans of Loki, I'm sure they loved it because yeah. they got to just live with him. But for me, I think I, I just felt more like I wanted it to get to the point, but that's, that's just me. It wasn't a flaw in the storytelling. Like I definitely just... came, like, I think I did WandaVision, then Loki, then Captain. And I wish I had done Cap in the middle because, like, Loki was more weird. And that was the thing. Like, with WandaVision, it was like, oh, we're doing weird. Loki, oh, we're doing really weird. And then we got espionage for yeah. – and then they kind of brought it right back. So enjoy Taco Bell, man. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to talk about the – we could say that's the end of the Marvel thing. Oh, yeah, we're done. We killed yeah. it. The Jim yeah. – Jim and Tim, Jim and Toll. Jim and Toll. <laughs> versus the – see, that's that's the different uh, multiverse versions of us that have a, a right. successful superhero defeating podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we beat the MCU. We did it. We'll talk to you later. We'll see you next time. <laughs>